Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have the sacred stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother. The Savachi syndrome, I'm telling you, I'm like, well, holy shit, that was crazy. Wait for it. Thick and slick. <laughs> To another episode of the Moto Aftermath Show, episode number 172. We're creeping towards that 200 mark, baby. We're Good. creeping yeah. there. We've been doing this for a long time. We have been. Uh, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. We are here wrapping up uh, round three of the Outdoor Nationals here, the High Point Race, and we are going to shoot some shit about pretty much everything in the moto industry because we've had off weeks and there's been things going on and all sorts of stuff happening in and out of the industry here that we're going to cover before we do that let's thank our sponsors so first off would like to thank our newest sponsor bc pizza mm -hmm. justin you still work there right yeah i still work there okay great cool so uh, check them out uh it's bc.pizza link in the description below they are uh, local to the kalamazoo allegan plainwell michigan area uh, where are they at outside of that? Georgia? Where in Georgia? Georgia's the lowest one. Where in Georgia? Do you know? No. It's okay. the redheaded stepchild. They're somewhere in Georgia. Mostly on the east side of Michigan. The other closest one is Door, Michigan. Door, Michigan. So if you're in that area, make sure you check them out. BC Pizza, Gourmet Pizza, Breadsticks. It's all very good. I don't know. I haven't had anything but the breadsticks. <laughs> Justin doesn't bring me pizza. Um, anyway, also want to thank uh, TLR Coatings. They've been on board with us forever. They are custom powder coating, custom coating. We do shipping on all those parts. We can vapor blast your parts. So if you need any of that done, uh, make sure to look them up, tlrcoatings.com. Make sure to check them out on all the major social media. All sorts of cool projects on there all the time. Bike builds. Bike builds. Bike builds coming soon to the channel here. Did them today. We're working on it. Justin's been over here wrenching on the 450 again. The Jeff Walker... Pro National 450. Name drop. Bunch of wrong bolts. Bunch of round bolts. Anyway, <laughs> uh, also want to thank Premier Custom Trailers. I will be getting my trailer from them, hopefully, end of July, first part of August, which is good because it's hot. Went racing last weekend. About killed myself. Like, fried myself. It was hot out. Could have used that air conditioner in that trailer pretty, pretty easily. So, anyway, uh, if you need a trailer, commercial or residential, Premier Custom Trailers has what you need. They work with the best manufacturers in the industry and specialize in all your trailer needs, sales, service, parts, or rentals. They do it all. PremierCustomTrailers.com, located five minutes south of Kalamazoo on US-131 in Schoolcraft, Michigan. They put the custom in customer service. Also want to thank uh, a couple of our other sponsors, JT Cycles and the Dirt Bike Depot. They help us out with prizes for our fantasy show. We do have the uh, the fantasy um, uh, fa fantasy motocross podcast that we do uh, on Thursday nights. Usually comes out on Fridays before the races. We play on Paul Pamex Fantasy, so make sure to go check that out. It's on YouTube and the podcast network. Also, I think I'm gonna have to miss this upcoming show because mine was a, it was a bad day for me yesterday. Oh yeah, did I smoke you? I haven't even looked at my score, man. It was a bad day. I was over 400, so I'm happy. Two, two of my guys, Jack Chambers and, and... Oh, yeah, those guys you told me to pick, huh? Jack Chambers was in the first turn pot, or that sec, uh, the pile up in the second moto. I don't want to hear. Anyway, I'm back to my... back to. I got to get through this, all right? Yeah, whatever, dude. Uh, make sure to like, subscribe, comment down below. There's been lots of you commenting. It's been great. I've been commenting back as I can. I'm very busy at work, but I much appreciate all the comments. really helps us with the algorithm. Also, if you don't want to... 
watch us on YouTube. You can always listen to us. We are on all the major podcast sources. So Google Podcast, uh, uh, Apple Podcast, SoundCloud, Spotify. We're on all of them. I'm literally reading the list today. This is terrible. Make sure to check us out on all the major social media networks. As I said, Instagram, I've been trying to step our game up there with posting some videos, some memes, some some bike build pictures of other people's bike builds to kind of give you guys ideas of where we're going with some of this I stuff. I like that Z50 you did. We need to build one of those. I'm game. There is one that I almost bought uh, that the guy had done in the 1990s purple-yellow-white combo, mm-hmm. and it had supermoto tires on it Sick. i'd also like to do like a 1974 dgxr 75 yes yes i have a picture one i'll show you that we're gonna do it's a red bull replica one Ooh. it's awesome that peaks my i'll opinion. show you after the show um so make sure to check us out on all the major social media and then uh twitter i assume cole might be doing that maybe who knows he's Got worthless it. sometimes I so know. who I knows know. he's obviously not in the studio in the studio with me, normal co-host, former privateer mechanic, really just, you know, slanging that pizza dough, Justin. Hey, buddy. Hey, man. How's it We've going? We've been hanging out all afternoon. Yeah, so, we you have. Know, it's yeah, like, we're going to be hey, seeing each other a lot more. A lot. So, we, yeah. we are start. This is the beginning of a beautiful relationship. Might as well become brothers. That's cool, man. Yeah. You want me to put the you want me to put the air mattress out on the floor? I'm game, dude. All right, cool. Game. Actually, you know, it's right there. Yeah, you bro. plug it in right here. You we got get, fans, air conditioning. Would you get that extension to the barn on there? Yeah. This you just sleep in here? I just sleep in there, man. We could build one up here in the trusses. I'm game. Okay. <laughs> it's a big opening up there. Trust I've me. You slept. bust the ceiling out. There's a big opening I've up slept there. Slept in worse. Yeah. Well, I mean, dude, we could put our air conditioner up there. We make it happen. So, also on the line with us here, friend of the show. He's back. The one, the only, Coach Rob. Coach, what's up, man? Hey, good evening, guys. How are you? It's it's great. He's the number one podcast in the world. Number one podcast in the world. And Cooksy and the Coach. <laughs> New episode coming out tomorrow. <laughs> Woo! Everybody make sure to check it out. I'm excited for it. I am too. My yeah. Mondays start off well at 4.30 in the morning when I can uh, listen to either a new Cooksy and the Coach or a fresh uh, Disney podcast. There you go. <laughs> Those are my two hey, go-tos. I wanted to pick your brain. You guys want to uh, cold call Hopper real quick? Yes. Oh, let's do it. Yes, please do. All right. All right stand by. Let me uh, let me see if I can get him on the phone real quick. I figured we'd start to show off with just from shits and griggles. What do you think? Yes. Some game. Yes. This is even All better because right. he doesn't expect stand it. By. So. <laughs> yep. That uh, he has no idea we're calling. Let me. Uh, I just thought, hey, let's start to show off with something fun. Obviously, when I try to merge these calls, it'll put you on hold for a second, so stand by. Okay, no problem. We'll wait. Patiently. Patiently. You got the results pulled up over there? No, because your Wi-Fi sucks out here. I, or, the Wi-Fi is not getting G, out here. The G, the 4G, the 3G, the no G. Johnny Hopper, you are live on the air with uh, Moto Aftermath, man. How are you? Oh, I'm doing marvelous. Just enjoying my first Father's Day. How about you guys? Dude, we're, we're doing, doing great. Awesome. awesome. First and foremost, I want to say congratulations, man. Having that new edition will change your life. And uh, thank you for uh, taking the call. I thought I would try to surprise you. Uh, I've got my good friends from Moto Aftermath, and we would just thought we'd check in and see how the heck your Father's Day is going. Yeah, it's, you know, I've got a lot more responsibility, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it amazing, man? You have that kid, and you're like, oh, crap. Now there's a lot more on my plate. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, I used to think just just gonna grind my head against the wall racing dirt bikes and i can totally see now with um other riders 
around my age, 30 or so, having a kid kind of changes. Like, ah, maybe I need to be worried a little bit more about a paycheck than uh, lying it all out there on the line and, you know, just trying to win. So it's, it's funny how that you're thinking more for somebody else than you anymore. And anybody that races motorcycles, they're so used to just being selfish because you've got a team of people helping you out. And then all of a sudden it's like, Whoa, now I got to, <laughs> now you are the team being the selfish. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And wait till they, wait till they start riding because then it just, it's a whole nother level. Trust me. I just found that <laughs> oh, out. My six year old started this year and it's, well, it's wild. Congratulations. I'm, I'm kind of a little bit relieved that uh, I have a girl, so I'm hoping that she's going to be a little bit. <laughs> oh no, 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 Johnny, fluent. Johnny, I got a girl too. We have a pink P dub. I don't have kids. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, it's it's a pink P dub, and we we ride we ride it a lot, and we are starting racing next month, and uh, it's going to be weird because. I'm going to go to the track without a bike for myself for the first time. I'm totally going to make you a moto dad and oh, you're just wow. going to be the biggest just biggest douche out there. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be weird. I don't know you're gonna I don't start know how to handle dads. myself. You're just going to be tackling them, no, protesting no. them in the We're pits. not we're not the Southeast Regional P-Dub class yeah, here. You are, we're buddy. not going to be fighting, okay? Yeah, you are, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be protesting um, at, a, at a local race. Exactly. Jeez, uh, so I guess I need to look forward to being the dad with the the broom sweeping the gate and just start brake checking other dads when their kids get in my my kids way hey practice packing those snack bags for the track there buddy <laughs> uh i'm just i'm again i'm just hoping that my my little girl uh does wants to stay away from motorcycles uh, that's just from my own experience but if she does decide i mean i'm just going to uh poop my pants and i'm hoping she's not going to be <laughs> as much of a daredevil as us stupid guys get her into so. golf uh, yeah well well johnny here's the first hint sell your damn motorcycle out of the garage that way she never sees one in her life that'll be your first starting point if you want to get that off the ground. no no guys guys you're all wrong on this oh, okay Jesus, here we go. you're all wrong on this here so we go. as a guy who is in the motorcycle thing like you but i did a, i don't know about you guys i did a lot of street bikes in my uh my younger 20 ish years here the dumber years yeah my dumber years and trust me i picked up a lot of <laughs> chicks on that street bike so i'm absolutely stoked that mine's into motorcycle like literally as she's riding this modded p-dub around the yard track i'm i'm looking at my chick going this is fantastic no dude on a bike will ever impress her so you mean we don't get to do the bad boy scene where like <laughs> <laughs> no she will never be impressed in fact today my chick called Damn me it. when we were having dinner right before the show to tell me that there was a little kid at the grocery store next to her parents house riding a p-dub and my daughter literally yelled out the window i can ride that better than you as they went by <laughs> And I'm like, uh, my plan is coming together. This is fantastic. I don't, I don't have to worry about boys with her because they're not going to impress her. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's actually that uh, um, that, that that that's good. I've been uh, trying to convince myself that hey, I just want my daughter to be a, a gold digger. I don't want her to have to go <laughs> to a dirt bike rider. <laughs> yeah, because they don't really have any money. With a dirt bike rider, yeah, he's going to have some motivation, but he's going to be broke and he's gonna be <laughs> living in his van so <laughs> but the same as a rock god that's awesome hey johnny you're uh hey johnny your phone's breaking up intermittently i just have five oh, for you let, me, about let me try to move there. 
Yeah, I just figured right. I'd give you a heads up on that one. No big deal. Hey, the, the funny part, though, Johnny, is how do you keep your daughter, you know, there, we the four of us know that what we were like when we were young. How do you keep your daughter, here? you know, around moto, around motorsports, and guys like us at 15 and 16 years old? Good luck on that one, brother. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, so if anybody knows anything about my life i've got a, a beautiful mexican wife and so i'm scared to death that my little baby is going to get the looks from my wife but that she's going to get the brains from me so she's going to be really pretty but then she's also going to be stupid and that's like not a good combination with a girl so Where? I'm, I'm praying that literally is nothing like me where's this podcast going right <laughs> this is going great dude i just <laughs> So, uh, so, all right. So, before we scare Johnny out, of, out of having a kid and trying to like give it away or something, <laughs> just, <laughs> I don't want it. Anymore. Maybe we should talk some moto with this I guy. Don't, I don't want it anymore. Holy crap! So, so, um, we all know about your uh, your best friend there, Steve Mathis. Uh, so I I want to know like how that what that whole situation was like last Monday because I was really looking forward to you being on the Pulp Show and then nothing. So I I want to know how that all went down there. Oh gosh. Um, okay. So I'm, I'm one dude. I've got nothing against racer X pulp MX. I mean, I feel like there's a, there's room for everybody, you know, I mean, the only way to kind of grow the sport is innovation and get more people talking. I think very differently than a lot of people. So I come across just with different ideas and because I was, a a rider at one time and I wasn't a successful rider. I was somebody that, you know, you just beat your head into the wall a few times and then you forget that you're too stupid to quit. And, um, <laughs> so I, I made a video, um, based on some of the sources that I have with other riders and, you know, mechanics and people that have had bad experiences in the sport. And it's not against the realm of possibility that, you know, um, people get treated differently. It's just, it's just kind of life. It's business. It's, it's all money related. So I made a video that was, gave a couple, um, you know, an A and a B and then get the viewers involved to be like, Hey, what do you think is more plausible? I'm going to tell you what I think is more plausible. You tell me. And it just kind of went haywire because I did some <laughs> internet magic with, um, some thumbnail clickbait because that's kind of what the internet's about guys is, that's what we have you know, to do on youtube bro like that's how it works yeah yeah so uh, anyway i i kept getting a bunch of messages from um people sending me stuff about what they said about me and i'm you know a uh, motorcycle guy here so what do we do we <laughs> you know testosterone gets flowing we're guys so i, I wanted to <laughs> That's why I got involved in motorcycles is because, uh, you know, they were fun and I liked the adrenaline and blah, blah, blah. So I went and defended myself. Again, there's no no animosity between them because I respect what they've built and what they've done with the sports. Because Mathis has given a lot of money to the privateers. Absolutely. I just don't like him talking down to certain people that are helped kind of building up the the, the sport. and. Just in staying in my lane, I was defending myself. And mm -hmm. again, I feel like we're able to live in the same space. 
even though I come off as more conspiracist theories and, you know, I, I say shit that other people aren't allowed to do because I'm not on payroll. Bingo. Um, I like this guy all the time. <laughs> anyway, uh, it kind of went haywire and, you know, that's all good. And then um, we kind of went back and forth because I was like, hey, I can play the Internet game, too. And, you know, they wanted me to they waited till the last second to finally invite me on the show and they had to do it after a lot of people were wanting me to go on the show. And I'm like, I've got nothing to gain by going on your silly show, waiting in a queue for when you're ready to talk to me and then have four people, you know, kind of team up on me and pause whatever I have to say, because in a room, I know I can hold my own on a track. I know I can hold my own, but when I'm being edited into a situation I feel that if there's somebody that has the high ground for you, if you can't come in in a level playing field, you should just evade. You should just, like, why? Why should I do this? I've got nothing to gain from this. I will talk to him. And, you know, I asked him if he wanted me to come on a show. I will speak to him in person, and maybe he should have Cooksey and I both on, and we could get some beef out. You know, it would be good for the viewers. But it, it's all silly. They were talking crap about, a video that I made that they didn't even watch and they would have watched, they would have uh, understood a little bit more about it. But the ironic thing is, is their show is all on speculation on criticizing, you know, the racing going on, which is no different than what I do. But for some reason, I don't know. It, it just felt like uh, it just felt mob mentality where you had a, a corporation that was bullying the little guys and I didn't like it. So I said something about it, but again, I don't have any hard feelings to them and we could beat a dead horse to death. Yes. Just what I said. Like it's already a dead horse, but if we want to keep talking about it, sure. We can keep talking about it, but oh no, we're going like, to keep, we're, we're going to keep it rolling here, man, because we are, we, listen, listen, we man, beat we, stuff to death and then we beat it to death again here. We don't go to the races, so we shouldn't. Yeah. Talk. I mean, we technically shouldn't even have yeah, this podcast yeah. because we don't go to the races. We don't go to the races. So we're just not qualified to talk about it, but hey, we're still hey, going to hey, fucking hey, do what hey, we want to do. Hey, Travis. Yeah. Travis, you're, you keep breaking up and, and disappearing on us. We didn't hear the last oh, no. 20 seconds of what you just said. Oh, no. That's terrible. Can you hear me now? Sorry. Yep, I, go ahead, it's, I was yeah, say, I it's getting ready. Travis. It's getting ready to storm here. So if we if we kind of fade in and out, sorry, we're in a metal building. We, we, <laughs> we said, uh, yeah, we, we don't no go worries. to the we don't go to the races. So technically, we just shouldn't be allowed to talk about it because you know, yeah, not, we don't go to the races. So we're not <laughs> we qualified. If that if that's the case, nobody should be able to report on it because Jace, Johnny. Cooksey, you guys, hey, heaven forbid we have a regular job. I guess we're yeah. not allowed to talk about anything because we've never been there hey, or can't get there. You Excuse know me. what we should do? We should start a podcasters union and not invite him into the podcasters union. Fuck Steve <laughs> Mathis. <laughs> Fuck Steve Mathis. He's a douche. Um, those guys contradict themselves, too, because they talk about the MXGP stuff. You know damn well they don't fly all over the world oh, yeah. Yeah. to go to those rings. Oh, they have so hot takes. They oh. have so many hot takes on that. 100%. Yeah. I Look, mean, they should never be allowed to talk about Jeffrey Hurlings or Tim Geyser or any of those guys ever again. And anytime they do, they're hey, usually wrong hey, anyway. So hey, wait, wait, wait a second, though. Oh, boy. If you saw him at WW Ranch, does that make it justifiable? Come on now. Oh, boy. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Listen, man, I have no problem saying Steve Mathis sucks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 
Johnny, I'm with you, man. Like, I like what they do. I like the fact that he gives so much to privateers. I mean, we're we're trying to do somewhat the same thing, just on a much smaller budget because we're helping people out. We sponsor Kevin Moran's. Sponsoring a rider for Red Bud. I was going to say, we're backing Bobby Piazza uh, partially for Red Bud. Um, I'm trying to do a a helmet sticker deal with Matt Hubert. We just can't get people to call us back. Yeah, but a a lot of these privateers kind of upset me sometimes because they they cool kid me i'll dm them on instagram and then i never hear anything back i'm just like well, come on we got we got we got meshy We're yeah doing meshy's with, coming on the for an interview you, at red Bud, Surratt so. didn't get back to you right i have not heard he from had, Surratt yet. he's kind of in the same situation the meshy is he's kind of doing this out of the back of his van cause yeah he, so yeah speaking of red well, hopper are you uh are you i heard a rumor that you might be coming out are you uh you, we, we got anything to breaking news right now or no no i i've got a couple friends that were um, oh. working on something potentially. I'm just still having a hard time kind of getting a press pass because uh, a lot of people are nervous about what I have to say. Whoa, so, whoa, whoa. Um, what is a press pass? I've what's, never heard of that what's before. That? What's that? <laughs> we, pre- oh, we, d- we don't need a press pass, bro. <laughs> all right, all right, okay, all right. I was well, about to say, what's a press um, pass? I, I know for, for Supercrosses and stuff, I'm, I'm kind of ixnade on, on certain stuff, but no, I'm, I'm definitely trying to work with some other people to get some other stuff going, to get some different kind of content out there. And I have no desire whatsoever to talk to any factory guy at all because their lips are sealed. Yeah, you know, They're on payroll. They can't say anything. I want to talk to the privateers. I want to talk to the guys that are so struggling. I, I want to give money to the guys that are struggling because they might actually say something. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of them might not just because of the sheer fact that they're they're afraid of uh, what repercussions could happen by by saying something and saying something publicly. But I don't have to post what they say publicly. I can just go in and talk to them and try to see if we can get something working forward. But if they want to say something publicly, well, then I could have a platform that could be used for that, too. So I just need to get to more races and um, – and, and I'm working with a few people in order to try to do that and, again, get some different content out there. But it, it's it's hard for me just being transparent because, A, I want to give a lot to the sport. But, B, the sport has never given anything to me but, like, bills and bad memories. <laughs> and so I've got, like, a lot of pain. A bad taste in my mouth with, with all this stuff. So uh, being at the races – I don't know. It's just, it, it's the same reason as to why, like, I don't want my little girl um, racing because it's, you know, I'm like, the whole sport is designed on an idea that there's a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. But then once you start getting close to that, you're like, wait, there's no such thing as a fucking pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Yeah, the and goddamn then leprechaun at, took it all. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And then at that point, you're already like, well, I've, I've sacrifice 25 years of my life what else am i supposed to do so then you're scared of doing something else because you know nothing else and there's so many people that don't go to school don't get an education and all they know how to do is twist a throttle and it's uh, uh, sorry i've got again I'm, I'm a little bit more biased on being negative about what's happening and um certain people get anyway i well we're not uh, we're okay. It, it, it's okay. Just, you can say whatever you want on the show. Yeah, no man. one listens to it anyway. See, that's why if you come out to Red Bud, you come hang out with us, and we just don't give a shit. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah hell yeah. I, I might just come out and and 
and not say anything. Just just go hang out and watch the races because I, I I enjoy and Red Butt's a a super fun track. Um, well, you know, it's a fun track to watch. And honestly, I might not even watch the the race. I might just watch the people in the pits because I've seen some stupid shit. Going no, he wants to see B lot. <laughs> he wants to go to B lot. Yes, well, he he wants to be at B lot on a Friday night. Yes. Oh man. Yeah. I was say, yeah, because I, I know I was talking to Cooksey, and he was talking that you two might come out, but then he hasn't really said anything since then, So, because he was talking about flying into uh, where we're from, Kalamazoo, which is about an hour from Redbud, and then um, you guys just roll into the races with us or whatever, so... Because, yes, we're we're very much like you. We we don't get a press pass either. I'll be real honest, like, the... Uh, the f- what was it, the second year we had the show? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the second year we had the show, this is like year five or six for us, something like that. Uh, the second year we had the show, we were doing pretty well on YouTube, and I actually reached out to both Feld and MX Sports about press passes, and they both denied me, and when I asked, okay, what are my metrics that I need to meet to be able to get it, because like, if it's a numbers thing, fine, no problem, I just need to know, and neither one of them could tell me what the fuck metrics I needed to reach. And I went, okay, fuck this. I will do it on my own then. I will buy tickets to go to the races if I want to go, and I will do it that way. So, like, we do interviews with riders. We started doing this last year, like, at Redbud because we are so local to it. So, we'll do interviews. I'd Like, dude, I literally roll up. I set my easy up up in the parking lot on Friday, and I run people through there just filming in the parking lot. Because, like, if anybody walks out to the parking lot and tells me I can't film in the parking lot there, I will shove that tripod well, so far up their ass. See, that, like, what <laughs> they, they won't be able to find it. What are what we originally wanted to do, and now with some of the stuff, you know, them still having being very strict on, you know, bullshit going on with the pits or whatever, what we originally wanted to do was Friday, and we're still doing the interviews with all these guys. We wanted to do the easy up thing, but we wanted to get a group of them. You know, and basically just kind of like have a chill, kind of like what Moto Fight Club did. Like they just sat around a bonfire, chilled, drank some beers maybe for the guys that weren't racing or, you know, whatever. And then we just did an interview session, you know, whether it be with Kevin, Hubert, you know, if Colton Eigman, because him and Kevin are good buddies. Oh, I haven't talked to him either. Colton, Shit. yeah. Uh, you know, if we could get Surratt on there, Dylan Schwartz, all these different guys, you know, and we were just going to kind of do that. And then obviously with still the restrictions going on, we realized that's not going to happen. But that's what we're doing when we go down Friday. Like, we're going to hang out at the races, you know, but we're going to be doing interviews with different guys. And that's pretty much what our day is going to look like. Well, one thing that I think is worth mentioning right now, I don't know if you guys remember, but Johnny ran – a pretty big promotion trying to help the privateers and he selected a rider and you know chase blackburn got the win on that one um you guys are trying to help out you know the privateers and all that and i think it's very important that the people not not just to try to like put a feather in your hat but it's amazing to me how many amateurs declare that they don't get any help and then like you guys said, you reach out to try to help a privateer and the privateer is just too cool for school and doesn't return a, a text message. We can't help you if you're not willing to help yourself. You know, Johnny's put his own money. He's put his own time. You guys have put both time and money in. Uh, it's amazing to me. And again, we're not trying to be negative. I just want everybody that's a listener to really pay attention to the idea that there are a lot of people that are willing to help those that are willing to help themselves. Um, I think, and I don't want to put words in the other of, of your guys's mouth, but it's amazing to me if you're willing to step up and take responsibility, there's a lot of people willing to help. Mm-hmm. I can tell you not, not turning this subject on myself in the last year, I've been asked by a couple teams. I've been asked by a couple privateers. Would I be willing to help? And my answer is always yes. 
And then I can't even get them to fill out a new client profile so I could figure out how much time they have, what resources they have access to. But then I hear them on a podcast and they're out there complaining that they don't get any help. <laughs> so it's it's kind of a catch-22 here. You know, you guys are wanting to go to the races. You're wanting to interview. You're wanting to help financially or with services or whatever it may be. And yet I think that there's this – I don't know where the distortion comes in that you go from a good amateur to trying to go pro – and then all of a sudden you declare you want help, but you really don't want to put into what it takes to get the help. It's like me being a performance coach. I mean, I can't create the sweat equity for you. I can't put in the hours. Eventually you have to take ownership for it and realize it, it takes some time both on and off the motorcycle. And I, I, I want the listeners to pay attention to that because there is a lot of people willing to help the amateurs, excuse me, the privateers, but there's got to be a meeting in the middle where, the privateers realize the money and the time that Johnny has put in, you guys have put in, that stuff is valuable. And Rob, could so, I, uh, yeah. Could I, could I intervene just a second? Please do. Please do um, because I, I feel I'm, I'm right on the same page with you. I, I can't speak on behalf of the entire industry. I can just speak on the experiences that I've seen and I've dealt with growing up racing and again i kind of call it the rock star syndrome uh you have a really fast kid and they kind of feel whenever i would go to a new sponsor the number one thing that set me apart from other people was i came and i said hey this is what i can do for you and what all these kids think is they go to a sponsor and they say hey what can you do for me and that's not how this industry should work. I mean, again, I, I feel it's a little bit of the brainwashing from just the whole lack of the rainbow and, you know, my little stupid analogy with the pot of gold at the end of it. These kids are fast and they think that's all they have to be is fast. But that's that's not how a business world works. You've got to have a personality and you've got to have substance and you've got to have some sort of a plan on how you will help create more revenue and spotlight for your sponsors. And we are living in 2021 where you don't have to be the fastest guy in the world. You don't have to. Um, Again, you don't have to win all these championships to land a factory ride. You have to have good connections and you have to be marketable. And that's where I feel like these kids need to be trained a little bit more on is is how do they become more valuable to um, a business, what they can do for them as opposed to what they're going to do for, for you. And, and that's why I'm kind of a little upset about the whole helmet cam problem because – Oh, boy, don't uh, get me started like, there. <laughs> yeah, Guys like Jeff Walker and AJ, these guys are bringing in really good content, and they're 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 helping people around the world get into this sport. But then, yet, in order for them to grow, they need to show, hey, I'm a professional athlete on the elite level, and you know, just it it's uh, it creates rapport and it creates it creates proof that they are at this elite level and then they can show that, Hey, I'm struggling a little bit more and they could get more support from people. But then when you have a big corporation that kind of takes that away from you, it's, it's counterintuitive. Um, Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, you, you talk about people like Walker and AJ and I'll even throw in our guy Moran's there. Who's doing way more. Yeah. Like you, they're building this brand around themselves to be able to take to people and say, hey, 
this is what I'm doing. This is what I can bring. I mean, Walker's got what 150,000 subscribers on YouTube now, or something yeah. stupid like that. Yeah. AJ's yeah. not even anywhere close to that. He's like 60, and AJ has AJ is making enough money off of the YouTube thing and his camps and that his coach. it yeah. it doesn't matter to him anymore. Yeah, like got, he literally just does the racing to create content. You got cool guy by them though. Yeah. Oh yeah, I did get cool guy by both of them. But anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh but yeah but it's like it's like they're doing this and then dude i totally agree with you johnny then they come in and they say well you can't wear a helmet cam anymore i'm sorry what well it's safety okay fine it's safety whatever but this is how some of these guys like them make their content their money you know whatever to be able to show up at the race that you're putting on and and give you something to sell as far as a race goes like it i don't know man it Exactly. I have I lots mean, of thoughts about this. <laughs> this. This is kind of a, a double negative with the Deegan family because you do have an extremely talented individual that would get a factory ride regardless just because of his, his speed and the ability to win championships, which is kind of ironic. I said you don't really need to have that in order to get a ride. But most importantly is that he's got – He's got a million subscribers. He's got a million followers. Yeah. And so when you sign a team, they are looking for the outreach that they have for gaining new money. I mean, if you look at Formula One and you look at some of these rich billionaire kids that aren't that talented, they get a seat on (laughs) the team no matter what because it's like, hey, in order for our team to survive, we got to have the billionaire dad in our pocket, and he's only going to give us a couple hundred million dollars if we let the kid drive the car yep and that's exactly the kind of thing with the deegan's deal is he's going to be able to pick whatever um oh yeah team that he wants wherever he wants gonna, to go exactly exactly and that's where i feel guys like walker and aj and Morans and there's so many of these guys building a platform that they need to be allowed to build that platform because they will help in a roundabout way build the sport and bring new sponsors because we don't need more vp race fuels we don't need more 100 goggles we need heinz ketchup we need you know hershey's we need we need these outside sponsors that have big reach and and and, and deep pockets to help oh. build the sport yeah 100 because yeah because like you said with deegan He's got such a following that it's going to be anywhere he wants to go, he can. And why? Because he's got a following where he can move product. And I've said it. I've had this talk with Coach. I've had this talk with my co-host. I've had this talk with Cooksey that we need to get these kids to all build platforms like that as they're coming up in the amateur ranks so that by the time they get to pro, they can they can sell themselves. You know, I mean, that's part of the reason why we help Kevin out. Kevin has a very professional setup. He goes hey yeah well spoken everything and he comes to me and says hey i'm gonna do this 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 and this for you you i need this much money it's gonna put you in front of this many people and bingo bango okay cool we cut the check or well send the credit card payment whatever every month i mean and he was ripping holies and supercross that modal aftermath show, show on the logo was great, great. <laughs> <laughs> so absolutely guys absolutely i you should never give somebody money that don't give you a reason as to what they're going to do with it because mm-hmm. you could give somebody sponsorship money and they could go pay rent with it or they could go snort it up their nose yeah you know like mm-hmm. that's not a very professional way of going Been about there. it and most important with these guys building their own platforms is it's a it's teaching them how to run a business 
It's teaching them life skills. And chances are, the probability, you're not going to make a living racing motorcycles, but you could make a living doing this other media stuff, other social media type stuff, because it is 2021. So you're, you're, you're doubling, tripling your chances of success by opening different doors than just, just sheerly racing motorcycles and you are fast, because we all know that that can happen. That can be turned off in an instant. Um, that's one thing that I hate being around the sport is I see so many good people just get their lives and their families destroyed from this. And the, the general public don't understand how much these guys risk their lives day in and day out, um, to raise at this elite level. And, um, I call it the, you know, it's, I'm kind of an investment guy. So it's, it's, it's called ROI. It's risk of, or it's ROR. It's risk of ruin. Mm-hmm. And every time you get on that motorcycle, there's a good probability that you're going to crash. Yep. And if something goes wrong, it's not a matter of, um, it's it's not a matter of if, but when and how bad. And it, these guys, one little crash could set you paralyzed, and you don't know what to do. You're 16 years old, and you know you've. you've you're, you're, you're toast. And it happens to so many amateurs and professionals. And, um, it's, it's horrible to see. And that's what I don't like to see about this, this sport. And I'm talking with Cooksey and coach and, and you guys, and we're trying to figure out how we could make it safer for these guys so that they're not always just WFO and <laughs> they could have longer, longer careers. And, and sorry, I'm going a little bit off. I'm on a tangent and um, we do that you guys time, got Johnny on the spot here a little bit. So no, you're you're good, man. You're good. We want we wanted to cold us. call you. We wanted to talk to you after the whole whole Pulpamex thing. So we asked Coach if he would uh, you know get you get you on the line here with us. So we appreciate you you know even taking the time with us here. And so no go tangent away, bro. We do this all the time. It's fine. Gotcha, <laughs> gotcha. Well, I know my phone's at two uh, percent. So if I if I lose you guys, it's uh, I don't I didn't just bail <laughs> out. I, I, my phone died. That's so. okay, man. That's okay. So, um, all right. Since we have gone on the tangent and we've now been at this for almost two hours and not talked about the race yet, one time. should we talk, Johnny? Before your phone dies, you got any thoughts on the uh, four fifty class there from High Point? Maybe like the uh, ACs finish in Moto One, or <laughs> or you want to talk about oh. Tomac? Did he get his parts back? Is that how he won that second oh, moto? God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I posted a little little video. Um, so my my again, uh, digressing a little bit. Um, I'm a firm believer that support follows where the money's going and you know the the whole argument that uh kawasaki is a big corporation that they want to have uh tomac win a championship for them yeah that that's cool that that's an argument but there's a counter argument that they don't want to have a number one played on a yamaha and they're investing more money in ac at this point to not only be the flagship writer for the team but help train and be a role model for the new guys coming up Tomac is moving out. So if, if I was just a businessman, which I am just not in motorcycles, but I'd be putting most of my effort into AC. And I know with some of my resources and everything with COVID works parts don't come around uh, very often, you know? So yes, it's, it's conspiracy. It's speculative. 
something I feel is going on. And I've heard stories of guys that are moving out that take uh, work stuff off and they put stock stuff on. And you don't know what's going on. But there's obviously something that's not working in the team. Um, may it be what I just said, or it may just be Tomac is – He's he's got a kid. He's got a family. He's he's getting older. He's getting burnt out because the dude has done everything that you can in in racing. So why would you can keep risking your life if you're for especially for a team that might not be putting as much effort back into you? You know, it just it doesn't add up for me. And he obviously made his point by kind of running into AC at high point and. I don't think they like each other. It's probably a good reason why they don't really train that much together, which makes sense. If you look back in uh, when Carmichael was racing, even Carmichael said that, dude, I don't, I don't practice with my competition because I want to have a leg up on them. But that's not the case anymore because there's so much money involved. People train at the sandbox together. They do so much. But this game is so mental, not just motorcycle related. As much as it is, is motorcycle related, it's so mental as well. So in order to kind of, your opponent, you got to kind of break them down mentally, too, is, is, is what I think. But, again, I'm going out here on a tangent. What I think is I think Tomac, <laughs> the dude can do anything. Uh, he's obviously won three times before. So you, you give him the right fire under his ass. And if it was my video, sweet. If it was a awesome, you know, did he get his parts back? Maybe. Did he just decide, you know what, I'm going to actually try hard. For once and he the stars aligned i think tomac is going to continue to be up front like he should be um but i think all that momentum is going to turn into yamaha and then also <laughs> with him moving from kawasaki he's got a bunch of information of internals on how kawasaki runs their program that he could give to yamaha which is a new up-and-coming team in the 450 class and say hey guys this is the information that helped me win three f and championships so here, here's some of the inner secrets. Yeah, he can't share certain things because it's a, it's a Kawasaki to a Yamaha, but there's so much other information that he could leak over to the team, and it's silly for people not to think that um, that game isn't being played if, if I didn't give you guys a rabbit hole enough to, to talk especially about. But that's, that's what I think. Especially because that Yamaha is going to have a number one on that 450 <laughs> after <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. going into next year because uh, – and we talked about this when we did our show, Travis. Like, I thought High Point was going to be interesting, but I thought the the main stretch was going to be that four from Redbud, Southwick, Millville, uh, Washougal. But the way Dylan rode both motos, even going two two, like that. After seeing that, and then we talked about what happens if he gets a start. Like, you know, Kenny got the starts. Dylan's notorious for bad starts. Like, if they battled, yeah, Kenny got the best of him in that moto at Thunder Valley, but Dylan blew the corner, whatever. And I think that. That both motos, that I seen what I had to see. Like right now, I would be unless something catastrophic happens, I'd put all my money. And you know, I don't bet. I'd put all my money on Dylan winning this championship. Yeah, you don't bet. You are a sissy about that. Hey, so. Shut the fuck up. I don't like doing things that I can't control. Okay. All so right. Dil, right now, Dylan, Dylan is my pick to win this championship, and I don't think anybody can convince me otherwise. I mean, okay, but I got to ask you this. So Kenny goes what four? What do you go four four? Was that what it was? He went 3-3. Three, 3-3? Three. Three, yeah. three? Okay. Three. But he ended he up went fourth down. overall, didn't he? Yeah, he got fourth <laughs> overall. <laughs> which is stupid. That uh. a 6-1, which is, we all know how typical motocross kind of locally and everything works. A 6-1 is seven points. A 3-3 three, three is six. Why didn't Kenny get third overall? By the way. tied with 
with points. It, it, I, I don't like the point system. Did anybody catch that whole second 250 moto when Jalik, they came, they put the camera on him between him and Marchbanks, and they were like, yeah, if Marchbanks get him, he's still going to get the overall. And then I started thinking, I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, Weege, what are you talking about? Like, he can't go 1-4 and get the overall over Jet, you know, if Jet stays at 2-2, two, two, unless the points just somehow changed. Like, I'm listening to him. Like, well, maybe. They I'm, didn't tell us. I'm like, it's moto points. That's why. It's, it's moto points, which, which is dumb. It, for, it's hard for the fans. It's already hard enough to follow, but then when people have to be like, oh, it's 25 points to win a moto, then it's uh, 23, then 22, then it goes to like, 19, 19, okay, and like, you don't want your average fan to, to start doing all this, break out a calculator, like, yeah. it's, it's and, too hard. And that's what I'm thinking, I'm like, well, 25 and 18 versus 22 and 22, and I'm like, wait a minute, I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, what are you talking about, Weege? So, like, listening to him to go through that, but anyways, uh, the 450s, yeah, I... I think this is Dylan's championship to lose. I, I really do. Like Kenny, Kenny's riding great, and we still have yet to see a hot round. So is he going to melt? Like we kind of thought that Redbud was going to be it, but now we know our weather's changing in the next two weeks. Yeah. So like we've still said yet to see a hot round for Kenny, but I mean yeah. that second moto. What what else do you need to see? I mean Kenny well, pressured yeah. Dylan okay, but, the whole entire but, moto. But let me let me get back to my point here before you so rudely interrupted me. Okay. I do that all the time. So Kenny goes three three. Okay, mm-hmm. that was a. For fourth. Quote unquote. So far as we have seen, a bad day for Kenny. Okay. Yeah. What's a bad day for for Dylan going to be? See, here's the here's the thing. Like though. if he hits the deck mid moto, yeah. trying to chase down Kenny. Okay, because we all know his starts are questionable. Okay. Right. Now, granted, he can cut through the pack. I'm not arguing that point. I'm not saying he can't. He is clearly one of, if not the fastest 450 dudes out there right now. Okay? I think he's the best guy we'll coming just, through we'll the pack. We'll just go with that. Anybody. Coming through the pack, yes, yeah. especially. So, yeah. I but, think AC is the fastest guy okay, yes, in I, a single lap. But, yes. But, lap to lap basis, for sure. But coming but coming through the pack in a moto, I would say Dylan's probably the guy, if not. Yeah. You know, I think right, him and Kenny's right race IQ is pretty yes. much the same. But, but again, so let's say he gets a crap start or gets bottled up off the start whatever anyway he's coming through trying to catch kenny he hits the deck pretty good mm-hmm. what is a bad moto for him because i don't know that i see i could i'm still with you where when we get to really hot i could see kenny melting and dylan's not going and to. dylan's not going once to again, the last but two oh three five i can see dylan ragdolling really hard that i don't see kenny doing here's a, here's the thing though and, and and that was proven in supercross but and he not, hasn't done it he, he hasn't not showed, yet and obviously anything can happen, and we saw yep. what happened to Redbud last year, both rounds, when Dylan was leading oh, the yeah. points, and <laughs> it went bad. Shit down the hill, for sure. But the here's, the, here's the thing, though. He got sketched how many times in that second moto? Oh, it was bad. And That was bad. They have that bike where it don't well, – coming together with a lapper. Yeah. Like, that was ridiculous. I don't see a situation where Dylan is going to, even with a bad start, where he's going to panic and feel like he has to ride above and beyond his limits because right now, like, I, I don't see him getting in that situation. Because even if he gets 10th place start, what? He's going to be in fifth by the end of lap three. Yes. Yeah, and I don't think that even if Kenny's out front, he's going to go, okay. He goes, I, I'm good. I, I can just take second, take the points. Because I think we're starting to see this maturity out of him where he realizes that when him and <laughs> everybody else are matched up together, yeah, he has them covered. And I, I don't think in his mind, and I think that this is where DV comes in, and people like to talk about DV, you know, where the way he does things. But he is a good person to learn from, especially because they have the French connection, so they can, you know, explain things. Wee wee, oui, oui. they are. Yeah. They like to touch their wee oui wees together. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I just, uh, I, I don't. I, s- oh, go ahead, Johnny. 
sorry, guys. I'm 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 being rude. I'm interrupting with you. You guys can finish. No, you're fine. No, I was just gonna say. I just I I understand where Travis is coming from, and I think that that's the big the big thing with a lot of people that are still yet to buy in on Dylan winning this title. But I just I, so far through six motos, I haven't seen anything where I go he's gonna have that oh shit moment because he's already had a couple oh shit moments and he hasn't hit the ground. Like his worst moment was him blowing that right hander at Thunder Valley, and he still got second. Yeah, and that was obviously not anywhere near bad. It's just oh, he just didn't set up for the rut and he just blew it, and that was it. All but, I'm saying is, if I'm taking no. odds against somebody hitting the deck hard between Kenny and Dylan, my money is hard on Dylan. All oh year. yeah, it's it's I think for a lot yeah. of people, but what? But through six motos, there's nothing that's shown that that's there is happen. not. You are correct on that. Yeah. The the biggest thing that I saw from Dylan this weekend was he's confident because if you look at somebody like ac he knows he can win but what happens when he gets past he's like oh he drops anchor pretty quick i can't he, he drops pretty hard he then takes a breather and goes okay i'm I, I can't keep moving forward and to me that's a that's not as confident of a person yes i love how he represents himself and he's got a lot of psychological strength mentally on keep moving forward as far as not really paying attention to all the guys but what I see Dylan do differently is like you've got a rider that came from 14th up to third in just a couple laps with Kenny, who's obviously screaming past these guys on a track that was a little bit hard to, to pass. It was very easy to get suckered into one line because the track was so rough in other different places. And Dylan, when he was able to when he got passed by Kenny, he didn't then take that breather he instantly tried to swing back and take the fight out of kenny who was arguably the faster rider and he cut some sails out of kenny and then kenny had to take back and take another breather and that's the worst thing you can do for your opponent when you're racing is when they pass you they're now looking forward to the next rider that they have to pass they're not thinking behind them but as soon as you pass them back now they're kind of on the defensive and they're thinking about, oh, crap, man, like I got to pass this guy again. He's he's not he's harder to pass. And Dylan just that was very important for me to see that he was confident enough to get past and attack and keep moving forward, which shows that he's not worried about these other guys. He's not sitting up there going, oh, man, I'm I'm, I'm winning and, and I'm, I'm running with Tomac, who's arguably the, the best rider in the world. No, he's sitting there going, I'm the guy to beat. I'm the guy that's going to win the championship, and that's why I really think the battle is between Kenny, who's got the experience, and then Dylan, who's got the young gun confidence that, hey, I deserve to, I deserve, I belong up front here. So I really think the championship is between um, those two guys. Personally, I think Kenny's going to win just because of his experience. I think it's going to be his last championship, and then he's going to ride off into the sunset and live life. Um, but that's that's my two cents before my phone dies. <laughs> like, I, like I'm gonna make, I'm gonna make a statement that only racers would understand. Dylan, in my opinion, is the most comfortable person at being uncomfortable. Yes, and and, and like a lot of people will be like, well, that doesn't really make any sense because it contradicts it. But like Stewart, we all know James was really good at that. He is he. You're very uncomfortable. Like when you're redline, Dylan. Where everybody just panics and they just—that's when they start pumping up and that's when they stop taking. Br- Dylan, that's his comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Him tiptoeing around corners and just kind of like going lugging the butt—that's not—that's not his thing. That's where we actually see Dylan make more mistakes. He Dylan is the most comfortable. Him super juice because he's vegan, so <laughs> I want some of that juice. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, uh, but no, I, I I agree. I I think and also the the points will probably it's. 
pretty easily to see that, like, right now, like, those guys, they, what, they're 30 points up on AC right oh, now. Oh, yeah, 30. they're guy. But I just, uh, as much as I would, I mean, because I'm both a Kenny and Dylan guy, as much as I'd love to see Kenny get this title, I just, I think in a situation that if it comes down to the final round in Hangtown and it's the last moto and you're going to tell me that it's going to be those two, one, two off the start, who you're putting your money on, I'm going to put the money on Dylan because I just don't think that Kenny is going to be comfortable with going to his red zone like Dylan will. Yeah. Now will Dylan he doesn't the, want to get hurt. Yeah, will yeah, Dylan will Dylan ragdoll himself into the ground because of that? Who knows? It's possible. Obviously we've seen it with many people. But the thing is is that if those two, especially with Dylan, he went two oh five. I know that Eli's two oh three was the fastest. Oh man. But Dylan once again, yeah. once again, the same thing on Thunder Valley, lap fourteen fifteen, two oh five, two seconds faster than anybody, right after he just got done with that gnarly battle with Ken So I just I don't think Kenny will put it on the line like Dylan will. And, and that's why I think that Dylan, unless barring anything catastrophic, it's crazy to say after only three rounds, but is going to be the 450 champion. But I think it's going to be a battle all year long. Oh, yeah. Because even though Dylan, when he was on one, Kenny, he still didn't drop Kenny. No. Like, Kenny paced him the whole time. But there was a lot of moments where I'm going, dude, there's no way Dylan should have stayed up. Like, how far his lean angle was in some of those ruts on the cambers, I'm like, there's, there's no way a, a human being should be able – and he's just, nah, I'm fine. This is good. <laughs> we're cool. And then when he started hawking the step-up triple, and then obviously everybody else started doing it. But, like, for him, once again, I know they were doing it in practice when it was still fresh. But he just bust that out mid-moto. Mm-hmm. Just what, Seriously? Yeah. <laughs> like, and then obviously everybody else was forced to do it. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think that he's shocking a lot of people right now because I don't think anybody thought that this is what yeah. he was going to be. No. Absolutely. Guys, I don't mean to be disrespectful. Um, I just got some diapers I got to change. And, um, <laughs> oh. it's, it is that first Father's Day, so I just want to give my wife and my uh, three-week-year-old baby, three-week-year-old, my three-week baby, uh, just some of the time that they, they deserve. Three-week-year-old, so, three, I love no, it, man. No, man, it, you're it, good. so much. It's concussions. It's concussions. You're guys. fine, man. You're um, fine. Thanks, we thanks appreciate it so Scotty. much. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. No, of course. Of course. I love you guys, and, and keep digging, and um, thank you for inviting me onto the show. You no have a problem, night, man. You have a good night. We'll talk soon. Back thank you. you. Awesome. Take care, guys. Bye-bye. All right, so Johnny Hopper, everybody. That was awesome. Second most controversial media guy in moto. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty yeah. much. It's that's fair. All right, let we need to talk some racing though. We got like an hour left here. We need okay. to we need to talk some racing, coach. So getting to you since you have now not talked really that much. <laughs> Just sit back and relax. Sorry, and- yeah. Um. Uh. So were you shitting your pants when uh, AC uh, tried to bunny hop that lapper right before the finish line and fell over? Did you think he wasn't going to win that moto? <laughs> no, I, I was uh, Hopper and I. Excuse me, Cooksey and I talked about this this morning in our Cooksey and the Coach show. Everybody who listens to both, I apologize. It's redundant. The thing that I was so thankful for is, you know, he he, he high-sided on the right side of the bars. And all I could think, can you imagine if it locked up that front disc and he <laughs> couldn't push that bike rhino-style up and over that finish line and gets passed with five feet to go? Oh, That's man. all I could think about. I was like, it'd be one thing if he low-sided, but to actually high-side on the front brake side – locks that binder up and is not able to get across the finish line, I'd be gutted. So thank goodness it wasn't, a, you know, there was a pretty good gap between first and second. But, yeah, my heart rate was at, like, 220. Because <laughs> it wasn't the, the lapper's fault. You know, no. he just took the main line and stuff happens, and that's just the way it goes. But, yeah, I was just like, oh, my goodness. To lose it based on that, how frustrating would that be? 
Oh man, I I couldn't believe what I was watching. I'm like, this really is happening right now. Dude, like the weird thing was is is like so that moto like there was a lot of craziness going on, but for the most part, like mm-hmm. AC was just kind of setting sail, riding his own race. He did good that first. Yeah, one. he did. So I'm watching there. I'm sitting there watching it, and then like with about five minutes to go, like obviously everything started settling down. Guys started you know settling into their place. A couple guys were dropping anchor. So I'm sitting there watching it, and like I'm watching it. Like, you know how you get with races like that. You're watching it, but, like, sometimes you're not really paying attention. Like, I'm sleeping? Yes. Sure. That okay. happens? Yeah. Okay, sure. Like, every every week? Whatever, buddy. Whatever. It, it does with me. I'm yeah. not, that's not a joke. I'm I know. not off the I've first motos ra- I've lot. watched races with you. Shut I up. understand. It's fine. Uh, so, I'm sitting there, and I'm, like, I'm watching it, but my brain is, like, not comprehending what's going on. It's other places. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, I see that, and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I just, like, I'm like, did that just happen? Like it just snapped me out of a dream. I'm like, are you kidding me? But no, it was it was good. Um, I will say though that I am, I'm a little concerned with, kind of like we just talked about it with Johnny. Like the what happens with AC when he gets in a battle. Yeah, and like that's kind of you know it's kind of happened to him a little bit throughout his career. Like you know in the two when he won his two fifty championship when him and Dylan were battling. Like he was really good about regrouping when like things were going wrong. But th- it's it's concerning to me though that he is not. It doesn't seem like he can settle down when he gets in a battle. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and and I don't know if he says he he says he's still not in race shape. And obviously, I don't know if that's true or not. Like he says, he still doesn't have thirty five minutes in. It must be a Kawasaki thing. Yeah, it's a Kawasaki thing. I do like though that he says he's getting better. Like, hey, I'm better at Thunder Valley than I was at Paul. I'm better here than I was at Thunder Valley. Like, he's going to keep building. He's back in Florida. Like, that's a good thing. You know, he does his normal routine. But that's the only thing that's like going to concern me moving forward. Is is like, is this going to be a trend with him? Like, anytime if things aren't going right, is he just going to kind of have one of those spaz moments where he just he has a bad lap? Because what was it when him and Dylan and Kenny got into it? I might be wrong, but I feel like I saw a lap time that his lap time dropped down like two ten. He was Maybe. like three seconds off the pace. Yeah, and oh yeah, yep. there was because um, Langston made the comment like, "Does he have a flat or something?" Yeah, like he kept looking around and stuff. Yeah. And I don't know. Maybe there was something wrong with his bike because he ended up like twenty five seconds back of them at the end of the moto. Yeah, but maybe he just saw it as his hey man, like they just they're on one. I can't match it. Like I'm not gonna hurt myself. But like that's the only thing that concerns me with him moving forward is is. Is he going to be able to figure this out mid-season? Because mm-hmm. now we have this break, but then we have a stretch of four in a row. We have a two-and-a-half-week break, and then this round out with five in a row. Yeah. And even though with that win, it helped him out getting third in the points. You know, Chase had a pretty up-and-down day. AP was up-and-down, so it bumped him into third. But that's the only thing is what are him and, and Nick going to do moving forward to try to combat that? Because that's the only issue with I see him with see with him right now is like we know ac has the speed you know his endurance obviously he won the first moto he was good but it kind of like with the tomac thing it's when he gets a start and he doesn't have any controversy like adversity i should say yeah the moment he hits adversity something goes wrong with him like and i don't know what it is it's called ac luck okay (laughs) ac has if he didn't have bad luck he would have no luck all right but and it's and it's not me being critical of him. Like I said, he rode awesome that first moto. Like mm-hmm. same thing, he won it. Like he should have won the first moto at Paula. Yep. But the second moto, though, are you you had to be kind of sitting there going, well, this this is it, kind it, of a theme. It was very strange watching him battle with Kenny and and Dylan there, and then just drop all, off all over the place and yeah. like yeah and like drop off and everything. It's like what the hell's going on? So I mean, what did, what did you see, Coach? Well, it, it, I have to go with his conversation on the podium where he's like, hey, look, 
if the worst thing I can do is fade to fourth and get second overall, I'll take it versus going down yep. and not being able to recover. Um, is it that first step where he realizes in the 450 class it's not an all or nothing? Um, I think it was a very intelligent choice. It was baffling for me. It's funny you, you say essentially what Greg, uh, what GL was re-rating. It looked to me like he was like something was wrong with the bike, looking down, looking around. You look at that left-hand turn that they came out of and Roxon passed him. It looked like, all right, he's kind of, he's got something wrong with the bike. He's just going to manage this. Then all of a sudden, a lap later, he kind of gets his mojo back and he starts charging again. Is it a fitness issue? That that maybe came across wrong. We know he's fit, but is he fit for 30 plus two? Doesn't look like it. I guess the hard part is to think that he literally lost that podium, top of the podium by one point. Just one position better and he would have gotten the overall win. Does that create a momentum shift? Does that create a confidence shift? Is stealing a line from Lance Armstrong, does that mean momentum has changed zip codes? I don't know. Maybe we'll see it in a couple of weeks, but we didn't see it this weekend. Oh, so close, but yet still oh so far. Um, we're not talking about Tomac, but obviously Tomac put on a show there that was just poetry and motion that we all longed for, all enjoyed watching. Uh, what will we see in two weeks? That's to be determined. But, um, yeah, I felt like AC kind of went into, all right, I'm just going to manage this to the best of my abilities. And for second place, and think about what we're talking about, he wasn't riding to 100% of what we think he's capable of, fitness issue, comfort with bike, whatever it may be. And his worst place was second for the day. I think it's going to be an interesting summer. Well, you know, it's funny that with the Telmac thing, you know, I'm – I find it comical that anytime Eli ha- and it's the same thing that happens in Supercross. Anytime Eli has that one ride where it's like, oh, this is okay. This is the Eli that we expect, you know. The, and I don't say the 2020 version because even 2020 version of Eli wasn't, you know, the three-time defending champ. I go, we saw a little bit of 2019 Eli Tomac at that second moto, but I find it comical when he has one good ride, which it was a great ride. Don't get me wrong. Like that when he went that 203, I was like, oh shit. I was like, that's that that's impressive. Um, People are like, oh, he's back. I'm like, how do you dedu- <laughs> how do you deduce that from one one rate like that? That'd be yeah, like, let me guess, you ran that 203 lap, and there was a vital thread already. <laughs> Tomax like, back, baby. I'd be like that. That'd be like if if uh, and this is, this is nothing against the rider I'm about to say, but that'd be like if Chase went out and won a moto. He'd be like, oh shit, Chase finally did it. He won a moto, champion. Just call the series. <laughs> like, I just don't understand what where that comes from with people. They see one good rate. Now, do we hope? Of course. Anytime we have more guys, more parity, like that makes it better for the fans, makes it better for racing. It's great. But I don't know how you could come to the conclusion off one moto that all of a sudden 2019 Eli Tomac and AKA Beast Mode is back because he won races last year and there was other races the next weekend he just didn't show up same thing with supercross he won races this year and then the next weekend he was just and i don't want to say average because that's super disrespectful but just like a, a mid a fifth sixth guy place guy i think what happened yesterday with eli is is that he got a good start he got a clear track and everything was just clicking for him whether the bike was good because the bike did look a lot better than the thunder valley that bike was a bucking bronco with thunder valley the he bike got, he got some of his some yeah, of his factory he got, parts yet <laughs> back he's fine he, he got those factory forks back yeah that's it i just i think <laughs> i think you'll see that with eli i think anytime you see him get a start this year i think he's gonna be like okay i'm gonna push the pace but when he gets those 10th 11th place starts where he's really got to work his way through and use 
use his brain, as I like to say, instead of just going off muscle memory, I think that that's when you're, you're going to see him be just the, the guy that we've seen through the first five motos. Was it great? Yes. I'm not taking anything away from him. But we'll, if we go to Redbud and he goes 5-5 five, five or 5-8 five, or 8-8 eight, eight or whatever, is it going to surprise me? No, because I don't think this is going to be the Eli Tomac you're going to see all year long. I just There's no proof of that it's going to be. Is it, is it sad that in the first moto he was running like fifth, sixth, and I was like, wow, Tomac's having a pretty good moto. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, that's, that's just, just where we're at with Tomac now. It's that's, wild. That's just where it is. Like, I, just, I find it comical when he wins one moto all of a sudden. Nope, oh, he's back. He's back. He's back, baby. Why, why would you think that? It was he's one, back, baby. What happened for the first five motos? Well, you know, we so, they take our fat. It's downpouring. Yes, if there's rain noise in the background, coach, everyone listening, I'm I'm sorry. It's, it's, it's downpouring here, so it's all good. It's all good. So and, you're perfectly okay. Good. Um. So, uh, AP had a good day, dude. He was on it pretty good, especially that first moto. Second moto wasn't as good, but the first moto was really good. He was definitely open for a mutter. Oh yeah, hundred percent, man. It's amazing we got no rain yesterday yeah, there, crazy. really. I thought, like, start of the first 250 moto was going to rain, and then just nothing. So that was wild. Definitely changed up my fantasy team a little bit, mm-hmm. because or kept some guys on there because of it. But, uh, yeah, so AP had a good day. Um, Sexton was just Sexton was just good. there. He I was mean, just there. It, I mean, I know it's only been six motos, so it's not fair to critique guys this early, but, like, he's been kind of underwhelming other than that first he's moto. just a top five dude. Yeah, but that's the thing though is is like we sat up with coach and we had the our preview. Oh man! Boo! Oh, oh, lights. and we're back. Sorry, coach. The lights just came <laughs> back on and off. We lost power. We literally are just podcasting in the dark now. <laughs> um, he's just kind of been underwhelming, right? Yeah, it's not been quite as great as I thought it was going to be. It's definitely not Daniel Blair great. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, geez. Daniel Blair has an infatuation with him. That's him and Jet Lawrence. Him and Jet. He's he's very infatuated with those two. So, yeah, Sexton's been underwhelming. I mean, like I said, he's just a top five dude, and I don't know what it's going to take for him to break that and make that next step to be just a podium guy, but he doesn't have it right now. I think he's going to have to get a start to be, and get a clear track and know what it's like to, to lead. Yeah, yeah, that could be. That could be a thing. Um, okay, who else we got? Because obviously my iPad died and your phone doesn't work in here. Barsha had a pretty decent day. I mean, just average. Coach, you got anybody in 450 class that you can think of you want to touch on here? Well, I think the big one, I think all of us thought Sexton would come in really shaking it up. Doesn't seem like his starts are helping him out at all. And then the big one, of course, is going to be the Ferrandis. Uh, going with what Hopper said, 3-3 for fourth place. I just don't even understand. Can't even begin to understand how stupid that is. How does that even <laughs> begin to happen? Um but, yeah, I mean, it's Ferrandis has surprised us all, I think, in a good way. And I think it'll be interesting to see we get a week off, we go into a consecutive back-to-back weekends. Uh, do we see Roxon still in the hunt, or do we see him fading away pretty quickly? This will be the turning point of the series where he, when he's in and he's here to stay, or the fade begins and we start talking about other players in the, in the equation. Obviously, Ferrandis at the top, you know, Will Sexton continue to push through there? Um, Lord only knows. I mean, we'll we'll see here in the next four weeks when we get a couple back-to-back rounds and it gets a little bit hotter. Yeah, 100%. Does anyone think Coop's going to actually do anything? No. Okay. I think he went Who's down. Like Cooper Coop. Webb. 
No, he's done. Okay. I think he went down that second moto, too. Okay. And I guess the only other person I wanted to touch on a little bit here in 450s, is anybody else disappointed in Marv's day? Yeah, think he's going to do a point? lot better than... Consider, yeah. yeah. Considering how well he's done at high point in the past, I was definitely expecting more. Me and you both, brother. Me and you both. So, all right. Well, I think that's good for 450s then. Uh, oh, God. Sorry, I'm dying. <laughs> Thunderstorming. I'm dying over here. It's because we talk conspiracy theories. They're getting me. Shit. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, so 250 class. So, so this is a two-horse race. So first off, let's start with... The Coach, surprise of the day. Coach, I don't know if you talked to him, but J-Mart was going to ride. Oh, oh, oh. Well, that's where we're going? Yeah, that's where I'm going first. J-Mart was going to ride, but he crashed and broke fingers during the week, I guess. So now he's really out. Yeah, the, the frustrating part for me is not trying to take on the hat of a physiologist, but we always say that the second accident is because you didn't let the first one heal. Yep. And it just goes to show... You know, we may have had a chance to have him come back midway, maybe maybe even a couple of races from now. But he's out for the summer now, and that's we understand one year contract. There's a lot of pressure. You got to perform. It just shows you how stupid our sport is. Not being derogatory, but just how short sighted, how shallow our sport is. Uh, like you say, Tomac has one race, and everybody thinks he's back. Um, J Mart has to, you know, risk life and limb because if he's out of sight he's out of mind uh, that's pathetic i believe in my opinion uh what will happen to most men he has one race he's not he's out of sight does he get dropped by gas gas i'm being sarcastic but serious at the same time it's a sad state of affairs with our sport but uh yeah i feel bad for j mark between the shoulder the wrist and now the broken fingers that's a lot to heal up obviously he's gonna i mean we we keep hearing he's gonna bow out for the summer I don't think that we'll see him before Supercross, but how how sad is that in the bigger picture? Yeah, and that was something else I was going to bring up. What the fuck happened to Mosman he yesterday? Had pra- he had a practice crash. Not oh. at not at High Point. Oh, he had a practice track practice crash during the week. Oh, okay, yeah, because I had him on my fantasy team, and then all of a sudden I was like, well, wait a minute, he's not even here. That's like Thrasher wasn't there too. He had a minor operation. He'll be they'll both be back from Red Bud, from what it sounds like. He had a minor operation. Yeah, like not like he crashed and yeah, he apparently was a nagging thing. I can't okay. remember. I, I might be wrong, but I feel like he said it was in his elbow. Okay. But they're saying he's back at Red Bud, and same thing with Mosman. But, oh, I was actually going to go to. Uh, yeah, go where you were going here. The, the surprise of the day. And um, I think it's official that we have to stop shitting on this person. Justin Cooper? That, no, the guy who won the overall. Huh. Jaleek huh? Swole. Won three, dude. Why do I got to stop shitting on him? Really? Yeah, really? What? Oh my God! What? Is this like Tomac? Like he's back? Like he wins no, one race no, and here th- we are? No, 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 no. <laughs> this has been this has been building since round one. All right. Okay, so he was top ten both motos at Paula. Yep. And then he gets sixth at Thunder Valley, and now he goes out. Granted, the only reason he won that first moto is because RJ's chain snapped. Yeah. Um, but still, one three like looked good. Starts a bit on point. Like didn't fade. Didn't get sketch. I mean, March Banks had, what, 10, 15 minutes where he was pacing him? Yeah. Didn't close the gap? I mean, am I going to say he's going to go out and win more motos this year? No, I'm not going that far. But we've been very critical of Jaleek Swall on this show, and for good reason. Like, yeah. Like, very good reason. But I'm sorry. Like, if this was anybody else and they went out and got 1-3, we'd be, we'd be hey. we would be all no. about it. But I feel like because no. it's Jaleek, people don't want to give him credit. 
I don't want to give him credit. credit for what reason? Just because, like, I, I feel like people don't want to give him credit because it is Jalik. With everything, you know, I, there's a lot of people that believe he didn't deserve his ride with Husky. You know, obviously everything that went through with, the, you know, with his dad, you know, some of his attitude, you know, his, his, the things that he says. But, like, I got to give him props for going 1-3. Like, there's no way I saw that coming. No, and I, did and, not see that. And like coming. I said, is am I saying he's going to get Moto wins? No, but I can't just keep going hey. on acting like he's just you know oh he's just a you know a, a 10, 10 to fifteen guy anymore because ten to fifteen guys don't really win motos and get third. I mean yeah, Cooper and Lawrence dropped in that second moto, but I guess I'm just I'm I'm trying to not that he cares because he didn't listen to the show, but I'm trying to give him credit. Nobody listens to the show. I'm trying. I'm trying to give him credit. For going out and having a really solid day, like if that was March Banks, wouldn't I feel like most of us would be like, oh yeah, okay, like I get it now, mm-hmm. like he's gonna keep doing this. But I feel like because it's Jalik, people are gonna be like, well, you know, uh, okay, fine. If he'd have done it in the mud, I'd be like, well, you know, but he did it when it was dry. Yeah, and he was good. I mean, that was a great ride by him. Okay, I'm not gonna shit on his chest this weekend. Well, you're not. Are you? I'm not on that bandwagon. No, I'm, no, I'm, I'm in the same way with Tomac. Great job, buddy. It's n- we'll, we'll see how the next five. Well, you go. know, it's not. The, but it, see, that's the thing, though, is I don't think it's the same because first off, they're not the same person, and second off, yeah, it's not he like J- have three, four, fifty. Yeah, it's not titles. like Jalik has been like 10, 10, 10, 10, and all of a sudden he pulled this out of his ass. Like he's been pretty solidly trending up since the first round. So, like for him to go from tenth to sixth to a moto win or a third or whatever you want to say, like. That's not really the same thing as what I'm talking about with Eli. Like, this is like, okay, he trended up since the first round. He didn't just go 10-10 the whole entire time, and then all of a sudden he got lucky and won a moto. Like, he's been getting better. Yeah, I'll give you that. So I, I guess I'm just trying to give him credit where credit's due because I feel like if this was March Banks, I'd be like, oh, shit. And because it's Jalik, like, I don't know. Nah, nah. I don't know. That's all I got. Can we talk about it? How if RJ nice. if RJ had didn't have bad luck, he would also have no luck because I mean, oh, he was gone between hitting the deck and now, now bike problems. He he can't buy a moto win either. When that bike, when they didn't say like the chain snapped and they just like oh saw him walking back up to the pits, I'm like, oh boy, I'm like <laughs> Husky's luck just sucks badly. Wolfpack baby, Wolfpack, Wolfpack's terrible. Absolutely terrible. But like that was that was the R- that was RJ though. Yeah, <laughs> that was a dude. His line down the hill where Hunter went down, just sweeping the outside. Before you come back up, the step up mm-hmm. double and the step up triple. Yeah, like the fact that nobody wants to commit to that because it is such a gnarly downhill. Like, dude, nobody picked up on that, and RJ's just like, I'll I'll bomb it. I don't mm-hmm. care. Um, yeah. Hunter Lawrence had a tough day too, man. I don't want to talk about it. Uh, Coach, you want to talk about Hunter Lawrence? I don't want to. It's <laughs> depressing to me. Well, before we jump into Hunter, I think for Jalik, the, the saving grace for him is we cannot just deny that the kid nails the starts. Ever since he went pro, he's been mm. absolutely fearless. Big set of balls. He knows he's a good starter. He puts himself right up there in the mix, and I think now he's starting to latch on to what it takes to hold the pace. Yep. Um, don't be surprised if the next couple rounds you see a, another podium here or there. Yep. And then I think it's legit. I think it's completely legit that we may see him be a contender next year. Um, the guy is fearless on the start. It's always what's allowed him to be in contention, holding on to the pace. Obviously, being an armchair quarterback on a Sunday night, it's easy to say, oh, he doesn't have pace, he doesn't have this. No, I, I think he's just kind of learning the ropes. Uh, props to Bobby Hewitt. 
again, this is something that Cooksey and I talked about earlier. I have to give the utmost respect to, to Bobby Hewitt because he saw something in Jalik and he invested and he gave him that two, maybe even a three-year deal that maybe some of the other guys on Husky didn't get, like a Jordan Bailey. Um, and Jalik is converting it into an you know opportunity is now going to materialize. Moseman, they kept him for a third year. He's materialized. I mean, I know he's out right now with an injury, but that's that's what this sport takes is that first year, the learning curve is damn near straight up. And when you look at the idea that you get through that first year, you start to learn the series, you learn the travel, you learn the bigger demands. Um, not so much with Supercross, but outdoors where it's consecutive weekends back to back. High five knuckle punch to Jalik Swall. Good starter. He's realizing it. I'm going to essentially reiterate what GL said. Maybe in that second moto, he realizes he belongs up there. And are we seeing a, a mental paradigm shift with Jalik where he's like, okay, I'm no longer the guy that just gets a good start and then fades into, you know, eight through nine. I get a good start and I can battle with a jet. I can battle with a Cooper. I can battle with a, you fill in the blank. Segway over to a hunter. I was just in the midst of texting Hopper that he's going to owe me a hundred bucks based on our bet. And then unfortunately Hunter took a left and a right hand turn. <laughs> um, you know, do we, um, do we all think that if Hunter doesn't completely bomb that hill and end up in the, end up, end up in the banners that he just checks out that moto? Cause I, I think, yes. yeah, oh yeah, I yes. think the same thing in the second moto, if he doesn't wash the front end, cause his, I mean, dude, two motos in a row, he pretty much came from 40th to either inside the top 10 or a 14th place. And some of the lap times he was running was like ungodly late in the moto. Yeah. So I'm just watching them going, God, it's tough being a Hunter Lawrence fan. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I look at, and obviously I've got a bet against Hopper. I was like, okay, Hunter qualified quite well, better than he's done. We get the whole shot, looks great. Even in the second moto, he, he fought his way all the way back up into, I'm not going to say in contention, but it wasn't like he stayed where he started. No. And that's what I'm always looking for is, can you work through the crowd can you work through when it's bar to bar? I mean, no disrespect to Jed or anybody that's out front like Cooper. When you get the whole shot, it's pretty easy. Hit the main line, be consistent, haul ass. You got two or three guys that you're in contact with. But the real meat on the bone is what do you do when it's crowded and yet you're still holding pace with the leaders with an open track? That's what I saw with Hunter. The bet's still on with Hopper. He's going to owe me 100 bucks by the end of the season. I'm on board with that. <laughs> I, I will say, though, my, my biggest takeaway, and, and tell me if both of you guys agree with this. So these both these models were pretty up and down. I mean, Cooper was having issues. Like, he, he zapped Jet. You know, Jet closed back up, did what he did. Like, then, you know, they both have their rebounds in Moto2. You know, Hampshire, RJ, like, killed at the first moto, and then his chain breaks, and then the second moto was nowhere. Joe was Joe Shimoda was the only one that you couldn't say you could have a good gauge because, obviously, we saw what happened in the first turn of the second moto. You know, Marchbanks was up and down. And we talked about this before. It really shows how inconsistent a lot of these 250 guys are. And my point is, it makes you appreciate guys like J-Mart, who you can say, okay, he's the veteran of the class. He should have been in the 450s, whatever. People that actually in the know go, well, it has nothing to fucking do with it. He doesn't want to be in the 450 class. He wants to be. It's just shit happened in his career. And even as much as I hate to say it, a Zach Osborne, when he was winning his 250 titles, these guys that are consistently there every weekend of their championship where – you know, you're going to look at Justin Cooper and Jet Lawrence, who mathematically, as you 
talked about earlier are the two guys right now. Yep. But you're going to have two guys that are going to battle for this championship that you can't guarantee are going to be one two every week. Like it's, I know that the first two rounds would say otherwise, but I can't say after the way those guys rode. If talk about both motos. That they're going to be the guys winning motos for the rest of the you year. You remember what were their moto finishes yesterday? Uh, Jet got a third, I think. Uh-huh. A third? No, did he get a third or a second? I don't remember. But it was. And my iPad's dead. Yeah, I don't know. But my point is, is that it really makes you have to step, take a step back, and appreciate guys like Jmart and Zacco and all the 250 champions from before that have done it more than once. Mm-hmm. That you know will yeah. always be there. Where and this is no shit. I'm not trying to shit on Jet or you know if Hunter would have won that wins the title or whoever. But it's like these guys, these kids are very inconsistent, and I don't think people think about that. Where with Jmart when he won his championships, he was either first or second pretty much every weekend. When Cooper won his championship, Cooper Webb that is, and tell you know. The first couple rounds were bad because of his wrist, but he was what one two yeah. pretty much. Yeah. You know, so it, it's not a it's not trying to be disrespectful to these kids, but th- my biggest takeaway was is God, this class is super up and down, and that's great for spectators and it's great for you know to us to talk about it, but it just for me it gives me a different feel if Jet wins this championship and then I go, well, I can't say every weekend that he was the best guy, like because he might not be. Like yeah. there might be just weekends where he's three three, and that's fine. But when you think of a championship guy, you think of a guy that's either winning races or he's a second or a third every weekend. And I can't tell you that, Je- that Justin Cooper and Jet Lawrence are going to be winning or second or third every weekend. I mean, dude, even though they were one, two, like they were pretty far off yeah. that first moto. Yeah. And there's no excuse for that. No. And maybe I'm being a little too critical. I don't know what you think, coach, but I just... I think it has to make people step back and appreciate guys like J-Mark, guys like Zach Osborne, you know, when Ryan Dungey won his championship, when Trey Kennard won his championship, because those guys were in it every weekend, where with this group, you don't know what you're going to get. Well, but is that a compliment to Trey Kennard and those guys, or is it giving compliments to the depth of the field? Uh, Cooksey and I talked about this this morning. You know, you look at uh, Caleb Russell, Mm. absolute badass on a motorcycle, factory bike. And he could barely get into that 22-23 spot. Yep. And anybody that sits on the edge and says, oh, Caleb's not fast, you're a freaking moron. <laughs> yeah, I'll argue that all day all long. Get out. Yeah. But I think it's the first time we've seen a 250 class where literally, again, not to be redundant on what Cooksey and I said, but you know, you watch, you watch Cooper go by, air quotes here, the lapped rider. That lapped rider would freaking smoke my tail end. <laughs> I mean, he's so damn fast, it's not even funny, but he looks like looks like me out on the track, you know, like yep. I don't belong. And it goes to right to your point with what you're saying. It's like, you have to respect the, the J Marts and the, and the canards and all those guys were incredibly consistent. They show their domination. Now we, we could have this conversation at the end of the series and go, wow, even with a field where literally there was 25 guys that could have won. I'm going to use styles. Robertson as a good example, get a whole shot at Daytona lead, 90% of the race, and then next weekend, not get a good start, 12th place. Oh, yeah. This weekend, he's back in the mid-20s. Okay? Now, no disrespect to Styles, I like him as a person, but he got a good start, still ended up in the 20s. Mm-hmm. So, is that to say that he's not a good rider? No. He's on the same equivalent as Jalik, so that it's not an equipment issue because one essentially won the race and one ended up mid-pack. But it goes back to, like you're saying, we have probably the most, and I know we say it every year, 
but I firmly believe that this is the deepest field in the 250 class. Look at Caleb Russell, 23rd. Uh, and ho- don't hold me to that number. I know he was outside the top 20. Yeah. You go and you look at the 450 class, you know, yes, we have 12, 13 factory bikes in the 450 class, but then you have some guys that are having breakout races where, hey, no disrespect to Barsha, gets a whole shot, and he fades just inside the top 10. Yep. The pace is vicious. The tracks are rough. I thought this track was perfectly ripped. I think, obviously, they're playing the Russian roulette with the weather. I think they did a phenomenal job. I thought the track layout was good. They let it rough up. They let it rut up. You had multiple lines. It wasn't just a goat trail. I know it sounds cliche-ish, but probably some of the best bar-to-bar racing that we've seen, and we're only three rounds in. That's what blows my skirt up. Where will we be six rounds from now? Because we don't have an attrition rate already kicking. And yes, we miss Anderson. Of course, we miss Osborne. But it's not like 50% of the guys are out. Question mark, Cooper Webb. Question mark, Marvin Muskan. Question, you know, question mark, the whole Dean Wilson. Question mark, Barsha. If you want to call that an umbrella of Gas Gas Husky and KTM, so be it. But outside of that, it's not because of injuries. I just don't think that they're either gelling with the bike or because I, I think Cooper Webb is such a damn fighter. He's such a pit bull. He's got to be struggling with the bike. It's not I don't believe Cooper's the guy that's still on a supercross hangover. Second year, won the championship, the novelty's worn off. Cooper's the kind of guy that wants to be known that I can win indoors, I can win outdoors. I said this on Cooksey the Coach today. I believe he wants to get on the destinations team. Is he gonna get voted onto it based on how he's racing right now no way in hell yep no way in hell so i know that's a problem for cooper because he loves to represent the usa he sees that as an honor he takes that seriously i know he wants to add the outdoor so what's going on i don't think any of us would be surprised if marv was up there battling for top three he's not even a conversation point what the hell's going on with the ktm husky and gas gas barsha gets a third uh a top three start and fades just inside the top 10. What the hell is going on? I don't know. Well, the interesting thing too is, is we, you know, we have uh, four races in a row that not only are the tracks considered by a lot of the guys to be their favorite tracks, but you know, a lot of these next four tracks that we have coming up, starting a red bud are the favorites of some of the top guys, you know, whether it be 250 or 450. So I, I fully stand by what I said, and I think it's the 250 class as well. I think after the next four rounds from Redbud ending at Washougal, even though we have five rounds after that, I think whoever is one, two in the points, whether there's if there's a big gap, if there's not, wherever it's close in both classes, I think we're going to have a real good understanding of where we're going with this championship coming at the end of the year after those four rounds. Because, like I said, Redbud, Southwick, Millville, Washougal, you know, Washougal. We know how good Eli is there. We know if Jamar was there, we'd talk about Millville, but AC was really good at Millville last year. You know, Frenchie's really good at Redbud. You know, so is AC. So is Kenny. You know, uh, Jet, not so much because we don't have a good gauge because only last year, but, you know, Hunter really likes Redbud. Even though he hasn't got a win there, he's had some really impressive rides there. You know, Southwick, I mean, we know how, if we talk about the Florida boys with the sand, I mean, I think we're going to have a good understanding after those four rounds of where we're looking at with these championship points. And I, I don't know. I, the 250 class to me is a wash at this point because I think everybody would be like, oh, it's Jet. But, I mean, dude, like I said, with the way RJ rode in that first moto, like if he could get that confidence going, I know he's far back in the points, but it, it makes it hard for when even though 
you're not in it points wise when you're beating and taking a points away from Jet and Justin Cooper. It definitely it, it, it frustrates those guys. You know, are we going to see a Fortner sighting? Joe Schmoda, like I said, really good first moto. I think you would have been there in the second moto. Had we not issue with Jack Chambers, you know, Garrett Marchbank showed up that second moto. Is Jalit going to keep going? I mean, I still think we don't have a lot of questions answered after three rounds. You know, and I, I know a lot of people would say, well, oh, duh, it's six motos. But usually I feel like we have a good understanding after high point, and I don't think we're there yet. Uh, we totally agree, and you bring up a really good point. How volatile is that Kawasaki team? <laughs> you got Joe Shimoda. That's pretty much, and this is my biased opinion, Joe Shimoda's paying to be on the mm-hmm. team. Um, all of a sudden now he's beating the guy that's getting paid the greatest amount of money, Forkner. Yep. How do you file that one? You know what I mean? Um, I want to know what's wrong with Forkner. There's something There's something wrong there. That chick. Well, yeah, you, you've got you got a multitude of things, not in shape, tired, fragile, fatigued, probably some, some I don't want to use the word Epstein-Barr, but that whole umbrella of challenges because, you know. I was just about to ask you that, Coach. I know I know you, you don't speculate, but, like, that did come out as a thing. I, I don't know if you heard, but, like, and, Travis, you brought this up on our last show. I didn't know that, that he came out to Mitch after Thunder Valley, and he goes, I'm not in shape. That was, like between, he, that was yeah. between motos. Yeah, he straight up said that. And, and then there was rumors going around, and I can't remember where I heard it from, but they were like, oh, it's Epstein-Barr virus. And I know that that's like a thing with people, like, oh, it's, it's EBV, like that's the thing to go to. And once again, I know that you don't speculate, but like if, if you hear that and with the way he's rode this year, do you think that that's a possibility or do you think that that's just bullshit and he's just, he's just actually not in shape? No, I, I think it's always a possibility, but you run into that question, is it – is it an Epstein Bar situation or is that a not being in shape? Yeah. Um, I talk to my clients about this every week about how do you separate the difference between being not in shape and being fatigued? Is fatigue Epstein Bar? Is fatigue, uh, you know, you're dehydrated, you're, you know, you're not getting enough sleep, not getting enough food? We can sit and talk about all the various, you know, elements that contribute to performance, but at the end of the day, and this is my biased opinion, when you get to a certain point on natural talent and then you run into the buzzsaw where there's a lot of natural talent and you run into a group of people that have actually done the work off the bike, you're done. Yeah, and That's the ultimate buzzsaw because, yep, at a certain level, at the amateur level, yeah, you're badass, you're better than everybody else, you get industry support, that's great. Then you get to a point where you jump out of a small, you know, small pond uh, now all of a sudden you're jumping into a pond that's got a lot of big fish, as the old saying goes. And if somebody has spent five, six, eight years getting in shape, and they've honed the skills and drills, and they get the support, i.e., Justin Cooper, you're done. You're never going to beat them. Now, props to Swanapool with the entire Yamaha program. You could look at everybody at KTM with you know Mike Brown and Seth and Alden and all those. I'm not going to get into whether or not they're legitimate trainers or not, which they're not. But the bottom line is <laughs> it's it's the idea of I feel bad for a Forkner who was essentially supposed to be the next guy. Let's look at history as we know it. Tomax exiting two years ago, maybe even three years ago, we would have all predicted that gambled that Forkner would be the next guy going in next to AC as we know it now. That's not going to happen. So 
it, that's where I cannot get across to these young parents, to these young riders. You've got to invest in yourself early where the pond takes a tra- it takes a dynamic change where everybody is good. It's the person that comes in that's not exhausted prematurely, has the durability, has the you know a very minimal amount of injuries. Forkner's the exact opposite. He hasn't finished three seasons, lots of injuries. There's a high level of frailty. So what happens? The teams start to doubt you. And as the old saying goes, if you can't win on pro circuit, where are you going to win? Mm-hmm, if you yeah. can't win on star, where are you going to win? If you can't win on TLD, if you can't win on gas gas, where are you going to win? And that's the curse of getting a factory ride. So where does Forkner go? I don't see him going to a 450 ride. And if he no. does, it's bonuses only. Kind of like a Jake Weimer, Filippoto scenario. Justin Hill, yeah. See, my question is, with, especially with Forkner, and I mean, as much as I am not a huge fan of the kid, he, he, there just has to be something wrong there. Because, like, I, I totally agree, and I get what you're saying, Coach, of like, these amateur kids, they're given everything. They go out, they dominate these amateur nationals. It's like, oh, this is the next thing. Well, let's just put them on a stock Honda in those amateur nationals and see how they really do. You know, we've seen yep. it with, with guys like Mumford. We've seen it with guys like, I mean, you could run down the Derek, list of, Derek, of Drake, KTM and, <laughs> and yeah, and Husky guys, sure. whatever. But with, with Fortner, it's like, man, he came out of the amateurs and, like, he was still good. Like, he won races. He was fast. Now, the I can't argue the frail part because obviously we've watched him bounce off the ground a lot and not get back up. Um, yep. But at the same time, it's like, man, he is he is floundering in just inside the top ten, like Tomac. And it's like, dude, you're not retiring or switching teams as of right now that we know of. So what the hell are you doing back there? Like. Is there something physically wrong with you? Like, are you really not that in shape that you go out and you just flounder around in tenth and like your your natural ability is carrying you to like top tens in in the in the two fifty class? But holy shit, you're that's all you're getting. I I don't know, man. It, it's a weird weird thing for me to to well, watch. Think about it. Think about it. If you're if you're Forkner, and let's just use what happened this weekend. All of a sudden, Joe Shimoda is now beating your ass. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now, I've heard through the grapevine that Joe Shimoda is not a very, he's not very diligent off the bike. Now, he may have changed in the last year, but I've heard he doesn't have a good work ethic. But let's say he turned his attitude around. Let's say he got his stuff together. Now, all of a sudden, as we said earlier, how crazy is it? Shimoda's paying to be there, in my opinion. No proof of that, but I believe he is. Now, all of a sudden, he's beating the guy that's getting a six-figure contract. Mm-hmm. That shit doesn't go over very well with Mitch. No. You guys know that as well as I do. So, borrowed time, and then you, you step back and you look at that, and you go, okay, well, now Forkner's on damage control. He's out there declaring, hey, I'm tired. Hey, I need to get blood work. Hey, I need to get this. I need to get that. Sorry, guys. The ship has sailed. Mm-hmm. You know, Cowie's got... Jet Reynolds coming up. He's got Ryder Francesco coming up. You know, there's other people. You're done. I, I hate to say it, but Forkner will be lucky if he ends up on a privateer team. Now, if you look at somebody like a Barchbanks, I think it's pretty cool what Club MX has done with him. They're investing in him. They're building a program around him. Obviously, they got Filthy Phil in there. They've got that experience of Filthy Phil, 450 rider. 
Club MX is making an indelible mark. Maybe they start getting some help from Yamaha's satellite program. That could be cool. You know, GL mentioned on the show, hey, I wouldn't be surprised to see March Bank start getting some factory team offers again. I agree, but Hopefully I don't see him going. Hopefully from Star. Yeah. <laughs> I don't see it. I don't. I don't oh. see them going. Oh, I don't either. I mean, why would you? Whatever they're doing over there is working, and like you just said, that like if they start getting more and more help from Yamaha, like they've yeah. proven that they have their shit together. Why would Why would you break up a you know a good thing? You know, I I I completely agree. Um, as far as the Shimoda thing, though, I mean, I just the only thing I have to say is I just couldn't be more happier for that kid. Like that, it's absolutely, just, it's just absolutely Heck because yeah. he's so humble. He's quiet. He's consistent, so that's the thing is, is even though when his speed sometimes isn't there, he's, what, never worse than eighth place half the time. I mean, it's great, so, yeah. But, but you know better than anybody, as long as he's the top green bike on the in the race, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter if it's fifth, eighth, or oh, 15th. Yeah. It oh, doesn't yeah. matter. He's top green bike, so when he rolls back under the awning, he doesn't have to explain to anybody because he's still top dog. Well, hopefully he gets you a know, fat yeah. contract next year. <laughs> well, he's, he's that's resigned. Where, that's, oh, he is? I have, that's yeah. where I'm going. Oh, I don't know. I saw that picture that Myrtle posted, but he didn't elaborate on it, so I can only assume that he's got a contract for next year. That's awesome. I, I heard through Mitch or somebody that he's resigned. That's awesome because he deserves it. I mean, if you mm-hmm. want to look at anybody that deserves to get an actual ride and not pay for it, I mean, I'm doing air quotes, you know, and, and like Coach said in his opinion, but I think we can all can kind of, you know, yeah, figure it out. He's got he's uh, got, he's got a ride there uh, for next year. It's awesome. I, I love it. I mean. So, it, so what? Not to not to get into off raising, uh, you know, silly season. So what does Cowie look like next year? So you've got Shimoda. Let's assume they signed him. Do they keep Jordan Smith? Do if they, they do, they're Seth dumb. Maker? Do uh, they keep? Do they keep Portner? So the Smitty thing, I think that he is resigned because I think he signed a two year contract. Okay, uh, well that's that was asinine for 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 Seth. I think just going – I understand the whole Epstein-Barr thing and, like, that's oh, never going to go away. But I think just going off as Supercross, what he did in Supercross, I think that – I, my opinion, and maybe you can call it biased because I like Seth, I think that he did well enough in Supercross to get himself re-signed. Um, McAdoo, I mean, he's, he's – McAdoo's got to go back. His thing, his thing, though, the thing that scares me with McAdoo, though, is, is God, how many – he's going to keep getting – if he doesn't stop getting injured, it's kind of the – well, no, I mean I, – I know. Like – it's Jordan Smith, though. Yeah. It's Jordan Smith all over again. Yeah. Like, how many times can you keep getting injured and almost winning titles? Yep. And then finally have to go, there's a pattern here. Yeah. So, yeah. and as far as Fortner, I mean, what I was going to say is it will not shock me that if we get to, if we get to Millville and he still has not gotten a podium, it will not shock me if we just see a press release going, Austin Fortner out for the season be, due to health reasons. Like, I... I don't know why that wouldn't happen. I don't know either. Yeah, because it's it's not going well. But the- well, I think it's interesting if you look at that whole Cowie team. Every single rider on there, with the exception of Shimoda, is going to be um, go with what you just said there. Supercross, Seth gets retained. Uh, you go to Supercross, Jordan Smith. We know he's fast, but injury prone. So my point is, do we see? Kawasaki essentially signing a bunch of riders to bonuses only for the first time in probably the history of the team. They should. Well, the crazy thing is, too, is you got to think, like Coach just said with Jet Reynolds, like Ryder D is still a little bit there, but Jet Reynolds is supposed to be going pro after Loretta's. So, like, yep. what what do you do with Jet? What do you do with that kid? Because, once again, like, they've been investing in him for a while now, 
And like, yeah. are they going to have a seven man team on Pro Circuit? It, well, and that's why I'd, I don't want to get ahead of our phone call here, but that's where I think silly season is going to be very interesting because, to your point, you can't throw Seth out. I mean, he got, what, did he get two podiums this year? He won a race. Won a race, and then, yeah, I think, yeah, I think two podiums up. after that, yeah. yeah. And was rarely yeah, ever outside the top he, six. Yep. So, you know, if you look at Supercross, you can't you can't bet against the guy. If he gets his fatigue under control, that would be awesome for him and, and for the team both. You look at Jordan, again, you're back to, like you said, he may already be signed there. Joe Shimoda, we know he's coming back, and he's damn sure, you know, worth every bit of the of the contract that he's on. Yep. Um, who's the fourth guy I'm missing there? McAdoo. There's four. McAdoo. Um, you know, if he can continue to keep the cameras covered up and hide <laughs> all of his problems, um, you know, he'll get re-signed. But, yeah, I mean, it's that – that team, when you look at it on paper, I mean, let's let's face it. If you were looking at that just on paper, would you ever bet that they wouldn't have wrapped up at least one championship with those four guys? No, I mean, I honestly like when we even before, like when we were doing our Supercross prediction shows, and I looked at that and I go, "Well, you have at least one title there, a possible another title, and I mean, for sure, battling for outdoor title." You know, I mean, my thing is, is we're talking about okay, Jet Jet Reynolds is coming in. After Loretta's? Is that I mean, what we're... That's, yeah. That's what we're... Again. Okay. Which so, I, I think Chance Hymas should have his spot, but that's just me. That's for sure. But <laughs> anyway, um, so, okay, so outdoor is no big deal here for the rest of the year after Loretta's because obviously we've got everybody and their brother on that team's hurt. Uh, then when you go into Supercross, dude, I honestly think that Smith and Forkner, it's a, they're both on the chopping block. I mean, I'm, well... To be done. But that's the thing, though. Like, Problem. And if Smith, thing, if Smith has, if Smith has a contract already for another year, then I think Fortner's gone. Well, then, like I said, though, what about McAdoo if he continues to crash his brains out? Yeah. Well, yes, but it's, then it's what have you done for me lately? But he's in this sport. And first off, he gained twenty five thousand followers in a week by dying on live TV and then coming back to life as a zombie. But how long does that stay though? Because once and again, if you talk he about he was right in the title hunt all the way to the end. So, but how long do you go with that though? Because at Fortner, least through next year, okay. which is all, all we're right. talking about at this point. Yeah. Okay. But but yeah. So I literally, if Smith has a contract that you're not going to break, and Forkner doesn't, and you're on, you're like guaranteed jet for next year. Then I think that. Fortner's out. I mean, I be- honestly, which is weird. If, but if I, if I was I'm ma- in. If I was making the team, my team honestly would be four guys. It'd be Jet Reynolds. Well, I'd say Chance Hymas, but uh, Jet Reynolds, Joe Schmoda, McAdoo, Seth Hammaker. That'd be my team. I I tell everybody else to go, <clears throat> go pound sand. I'm being serious. Let like, me ask you this: If if Fortner's on like a privateer effort next year, you think he cool guys us when I DM him to come on the show? Fortner will. <laughs> I mean, honestly, you know. <laughs> you know it would be some cosmic shit if Fortner ended up on Club MX. <laughs> oh, man, that'd be awesome. Oh, that'd be awesome. Well, that that was going to be my question is what privateer team would Fortner go to? I would think Club. I really would. I mean, that's got to be your best option because, and honestly, other than Bar, they're the only team that runs both series, right? I mean, Phoenix but doesn't. But I think it's the only option. Yeah. I think it's the only option. Whatever teams are out there, you've got Smart Tops is gone. You've got Cycle Rider, uh, Cycle Trader, Man Cycle Luck, Rider. Yamaha. <laughs> yeah, whatever that is, you know, that's <laughs> that's gone away. Um, and I'm, I don't mean to sound condescending at all. I just can't think of an, an, a satellite team that can either A, afford to bring them over or 
I really think when you look at the musical chairs, where does he go? Money, opportunities, bikes, teams. I don't know where Fortner goes. I'll say a hot take right now with Fortner. If he doesn't get his shit figured out by the end of this year, whatever happens with him pro circuit after the pro circuit thing is over with, I feel like he races one year on a 450 and then he's gone. I think he quits. I think he retires. That's a hot take. 450 privateer? Uh, I would, I would have to think so if he's not signed with a team. I mean, is, is God, I can't even think of a, a team, a privateer, like a satellite team that would even, I mean, if club gave him a ride, but I just, I feel like we only have two more years of seeing Austin Forkner race professionally and then he's gone. I, I, I yeah. it almost seems like he's not, his heart's not in it anymore, which I don't like saying that about guys because I, I would never speculate about how much guys actually care, but I just don't see the fire in him anymore. I just don't. And I and to be honest with you, outdoors, I think he's actually regressed. Like I feel like his rookie year version of Austin Fortner is better than this Austin Fortner outdoors. Yeah, see, I totally agree. Because you look at, let's say that Austin were to be in consideration to sit next to AC at Cali. How do you put Fortner over fill in the blank? A Savachi, um, you know, Jason Anderson. There's, 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 Jason Anderson, you know, because we hear that that's where he's going, yep. which makes sense. Yep. Um, but if you start looking at the musical chairs, if Anderson goes to Cowie, you got Anderson and you've got AC. Honda's got Sexton and Roxon. Husqvarna, they've already re-signed, um, and, excuse me, um, Osborne. Yep. So there's one opening there. Where else could he go? You know, so when you start looking at I don't know. When you look at the musical chairs, we know that Christian Craig is re-signed with Yamaha. So that that one spot on Husky seems to be the one elusive who gets that spot. And look at how many guys could possibly come out of the 250 class. Would you put, and, and I know right now it's kind of maybe a jab in the gut, and I apologize, but would you put Austin Forkner in front of J-Mart for no. the Husky ride? I wouldn't. Wait. No. For the Husky ride, did did we put Mookie on Husky already? Because I heard that's a done deal. But is that just no, for I've Supercross? No, I've not heard that. But if, but if you I do, don't I don't know if it's for Supercross. Be, well, that would be legit. But even still, I can't see them being. It's going to be Mookie and Anderson. I still think there'll be a three-man team like there's been this year with Dean Wilson, Zach, and Anderson. Yeah, where's so, D, where is Dino going? He's gonna, I think he's gonna retire. Oh, he's retired. He's even, he's well, even already come oh, out. Okay. Yeah. I heard that Dean's going to muck off Honda is where he's going. Ooh, that could be too. So so if that's the case, where does Forkner go when you've got, and we talked about this in our last show together, when you look at all of these 250 guys that want to get that 450 money, Justin Cooper, Austin Forkner, excuse me, um, over at Yamaha, J-Mart, J-Coop, um, Colt Nichols. Colt Would Nichols? you put Forkner in in place of Colt Nichols? Now, no. he's really disappointing me in the outdoor series. I really thought we'd see more fire from him. But when you go back to Supercross, I mean, yes, he won the championship. But, again, you put him in front of Forkner, I can't even imagine saying yes to that question. Yeah, it's. I mean, and the other thing, too, is, and maybe I'm off on this, but I feel like Austin has a pretty good relationship with the guys at Monster Energy, taking away the pro circuit thing. I feel like he he has a pretty good – first off, him and him and Ash 
over at Dirt Shark. Like, you know, we know what Ash's affiliation with Monster is. He's good with that. I feel like he has a good relationship with them. So, like, I almost feel like that's going to be another thing. Like, is he going to go somewhere that's only Monster Energy affiliated? Or, I mean, I don't know. I just, the downfall that has happened with him is the craziest thing I've ever seen because, you know, when he went out, like, everybody was like, well, this is the next version of Adam Cincerello. And it's not even been close to that. No. Because, like, Adam would come back and win. Yeah. I don't mean to interrupt you there. It just, it, it goes back to, we could start talking about silly season now. We could talk about what's not happening right now. But you look at all those guys that are coming out, and we talked about this on our last show, just from Yamaha alone. There's four guys that could move up to 250, excuse me, up to 450, and you know they want it. Yep. I just, unfortunately, I think whether it's bad advice from the people around Forkner's camp, him not taking it seriously. I mean, a year ago, let's face it, the 250 field was not as deep as it is now, and it just seems like the 450 field, excuse me, 250 field has like exponentially gotten better. Oh, yeah. As we were saying earlier, you've got 20, 25 guys to the point that Caleb Russell couldn't even get in the top 20 with a factory bike, and he's a total badass on a motorcycle. And now Forkner is going to try to get a 450 spot from one of the Yamaha guys. I, I just don't see it happening. Yeah, I, like I said, I feel like that if he doesn't have his stuff figured out by Millville, I think we see a press release that Forkner is bowed out of the series. Yeah, I, I hate to be negative. I just don't see it happening. I don't – I just – when you look at fitness, it's so incredibly difficult to be able, as we've said before, you know, you're racing nearly back to back weekends. It's, it's very difficult to build fitness during the year when you're racing back to back like this. Yep. Very, very difficult. And I hate to say this because obviously it's my platform, but when people don't take fitness seriously and you look at the idea that, You've got somebody who has continued to work extremely hard, and then you run into that, as we said earlier, kind of that that small pond where everybody is good and everybody's on good equipment. The next differentiating factor is what? Fitness, flexibility, durability, etc. And unfortunately, you're going to be on the outside looking in. I hate to say it, but it's just the way that the, the industry goes between musical chairs opportunities and i hate it because these riders get a lot very early and they get complacent especially with multi-year deals and then they get smoked maybe you should it's, start it's just part of the way our sport is maybe he should get on that elden baker program <laughs> well you know he can't afford the elden baker program that's anymore good that's a good point he is broke you know Steroids. it's a very 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 expensive program you know, monthly for services and then all the ancillary that goes with it. You, I mean, I've seen some very big numbers. It's, it's crazy. I mean, I'm talking five digits a month. Yeah. That's just stupid. Wow. Well, it's not stupid. If you get a hundred thousand dollar a weekend bonus, it's a good point. It's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I can't imagine being 17 having to make that executive decision. Me, me neither. I'd be like, I'm not. (laughs) I'll make, I don't make five digits a week right now. I'm 30. Jesus. Yeah. 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 Oh, but man. don't get me, you know, it's kind of like when someone says, oh, you don't know how hard it is to be a rock star. Uh, try me. I'll, I'm all in. Give me a try. <laughs> Dude, I'll make, <laughs> give it a shot. I'll like, make millions of dollars every year. I don't give a damn. Hookers, blow, women. Hookers, blow, sh- Fine. parties. Yeah. 
No big deal. You know what? I'll tell you what. It's like people say it's hard to be a millionaire. I'm like, you know what? Let me try it out for a year, and I'll tell you how I feel about it. Yeah, yeah. bro. Let me get the let me get the keys to your yacht, your thirty million dollar <laughs> mansion, and I'll try it out for a little bit, and I'll get back. I, to I you. will cry myself to sleep yeah, in the yes. front seat of my Ferrari. Yeah. It's totally yes, fine. I yeah. may or may not. No one likes me. Let me wipe my tears with my money. Oh my god. I may or may not fill yeah. up a pool full of million dollars. I'll, and I'll just get back to you with a report. I'll tell you what, I'll get back to you with a report whether I'm willing to take on year number two or if I'm going to go ahead and tap out. Just give me one year of that. <laughs> one year. All you want to do is be a millionaire for just one year. Yep, exactly. So well, That's why I say to Michaela, I just want, you know, it's everybody wants the first million. And once you get the first million, then you're like, okay. And I look at these 17 and 18-year-olds that are making damn near – you know, just under a million as a base salary and a couple good wins and you're at a million. And I'm like, there's people that will spend their entire life trying to make the one million. And these kids have a chance to make it in one year. And yet you have to beg them to do the work necessary. And I'm like, that's just astounding to me. <laughs> Absolutely astounding. Like I said, I grew up around Nico Izzy, so I saw it firsthand. <laughs> yep, Absolutely. Well, and that's like we talked about previously. You know, I'm not here to beg anybody to become a millionaire. If you're not willing to do the work and you get outworked by someone that's maybe a little less talented, but, you know, gets access to the equipment, gets under good supervision, has a good riding coach like, you know, David Villeman or Will Hahn or whoever the riding coaches are that make it, you know, James Stewart with Sexton. And then it, it all comes together at the right time. Wouldn't it suck? that you're not in good enough shape to take that opportunity and really leverage it. Good riding coach, good team, good everything, but yet you're the one that screwed around for two years, and now you're trying to play catch-up for somebody who kept their nose to the grindstone. So, And, yes, that's my wheelhouse, but I've seen it probably two, maybe 300 times in 35 years, and it's, it's very disheartening because you see it over and over again. They were so close to making it officially. But they get a little bit of money, they're a little too cool for school, and they screw the pooch and don't ever get over the crunch or over the over that pinnacle rather. Say so we don't have that problem over here. I have no talent, but I have no problem working. You want we got a go, work ethic. We work hard. You want me to go run ten miles and then take a nap and then do a few forty minute motos? I'm in. Look, no I used to problem. get I used to get beat by Kyle Regal a lot. I know what I know what it looks like. <laughs> yeah. So well, like you say, when your only responsibility is get up, eat train take a nap eat again do your second workout wake up you know go get a massage get good dinner go to bed i mean not trying to insult anybody's intelligence but you know a 1.2 million dollar contract that's 100 grand a month yep you know that's 25 grand a week and you're telling me that it's a it's a tough lifestyle to have to be on a plane every thursday or friday it's a tough schedule to have to work out twice a day Seriously? Dude, I wish my days I got a massage <laughs> and could take a nap. <laughs> I'd like to yeah. work out twice a day. That'd be awesome. Yeah, dude. What, what are you doing today? I'm getting a massage at 4. I'm taking a nap at 2.30. Maybe get some food yep. at noon. Dude, sign me up. I'm in. I'll be on a yeah. plane every weekend. I don't give a damn. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So. Well, and to, and, to, and to be on the side of it where you're helping them with nutrition, you're helping them with strength and endurance, you're helping them with the mental aspects. And they just simply get tired of hearing your voice and they're making five, six hundred grand a year. And I'm the first guy that gets fired. I'm just like, wow, that's I mean, that's fine. I mean, it doesn't hurt my feelings because I don't put all my eggs in one person. Never will, never have not going to happen. But 
it is very disheartening when you realize you look at two, 300 people literally in 30 years that had what it took, had the, had the team, had the equipment, but they kind of squander a year, year and a half because they come out of amateur ranks. They get a fat contract. They blow it on money. Excuse me. They blow it on trucks and sound systems and chicks. And then what got them there, they don't want to do it anymore. And then that two-year deal comes up. There's no re-signing. And then they go into panic mode. Then they're working out of the back of the truck. And now, thank you for coming to McDonald's. Hope to see you tomorrow is their conversation. That's awesome. You know? You see it happen way too, so it happen way too often. So true. So awesome. Uh, all right, yep. I, I just got one more question before we wrap this up. Who uh, who yeah. do we think who do we think when we, we usually do this? I don't know if we've done this with you, Coach, but uh, we usually try to pick winners for the next race. Who uh, who's your winners for Red Bud in the two fifty and the four fifty class? Oh man, I I'm gonna go with my guy Hunter. I oh, think I he's like shown it. that he's kind of moving himself to the front. Good starts. That track is wide open. Big jumps. I think Hunter will do well. And then it's very, very, very hard to bet against Ferrandis right now with the momentum that he's carrying. Um, you know, the fact that he was kind of in the mix with it, all five guys, didn't succumb to the pressure, pushed the pace. So I would go with Ferrandis and, and Hunter. I knew I liked this guy for a reason. <laughs> I'm going to go with the same. The only thing I could see differently is I could, I, I could definitely see AC getting another Moto win. I think Sexton's going to be really good there. But, yeah, it's, it's really hard to bet against Dylan. Um, we know how good he is at Red Bud. Even though last year he probably should have won all four motos, he had some issues. But even going back to the year before when he was battling with Adam, um, and as far as Hunter, like I said, even though he doesn't have a moto win at Redbud yet, he has some damn good rides there that his just starts were off. You know, going back to his rookie year where that Geico bike was about as slow as a 125. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Uh, I, yeah, I, I definitely could see that. I, I think that uh, – I'm not saying they win all four motos, but I, I think Dylan and Hunter – I, th- I think that they uh, I think they get it done and get the overalls. All right. Well, so you guys are going with the older sister. I'm going to go with the younger brother. I think Jetson's going to pick up. The Did you just win. call Hunter Lawrence a sister? Yeah, because Jet does. Yeah. Well, hell, are you going to get? A, are we going to get some donuts? Oh, buddy. <laughs> We're going to talk about that after we get off. Here. Okay. So, do you think he wins both motos, or do you think he just gets the overall? I think he gets the overall. I don't okay. know about winning both motos, okay. but I think he gets the overall. Okay. Now the 450s. I'm going to stick on the ride red train. I think Kenny's going to. Gonna gonna nail down uh, two more. Okay. Well, oh, he he sweeps the weekend. Yes, huh? yes. I think we're gonna nail down two more. And we be five be we? five for eight. We with that red plate back on us. We. Yep. We. So he's just so so with by that. Then in that you know equation, you think that Dylan probably gets second, right? Yeah, probably something. Okay, like that, so yeah. they'll be tied going into Southwick then. Okay. Well. Whatever. Okay. So when Dylan well, beats, will they be tied? Hey, Travis. Uh oh. Uh oh. You dead made coach mad. Yeah, coach. Hey, Trav. Yeah. Your uh, your your connection's breaking out really oh. bad. You started to say the uh, you're gonna you're gonna stay with red. Who did you have for four fifty? I got I got Kenny winning both, both motos. motos. Yeah. Okay. He's yeah. going one one. So when he goes to Southwick then and then Dylan Dylan beats the brakes off of him. Whatever, dude. Right. <laughs> Whatever. That'll that that's a that's a big prediction. I uh, I think it'll be interesting to see if he can if he can hold that pace for back to back motos. Yeah, I mean the only thing that I could that I could see that Travis is honestly because now with it looking like the weather is changing here in Michigan because we were looking like it was going to be hot. Look, we're going to be five out of eight. Okay, it's going to be fine. So it'll be tied up though. If if he goes one one and Dylan goes two two, they'll be actually tied up going into Southwick because Dylan's got three points on him, right? 
Does he have three? Does he have three or does he have more than that? I don't know. Okay. Maybe yeah, I don't four. know the points off the top of my head. I know it's pretty tight. I, I want to say it's three. Okay. But isn't there three? And then there's a pretty good gap back to third. Uh, back to third. I think Maybe it's like, don't hold me to it, like 17 Maybe or not. 19, I think. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, AC's like 20, 29. No, no, he's more than that, something actually. Now. I think AC's yeah. at, no, I think it's like 30. Oh, okay. Well, something like that. Yeah, it's a ways back to third, so. Okay, well, I mean. Yeah, no, it's a big gap. Don't get me wrong. I wouldn't be mad at seeing a Honda win both classes at Redbud. Um, I just, I don't know. How? <laughs> You know what I find funny about this conversation, though, is, is okay, so all of us have picked, uh, you know, our winners. But on America's Day, <laughs> in America's track, not one damn American wins a moto. Well, it either yeah. Shit happens when you like to party, and we like to party here in America. I just, I just find that funny that, like, we're this is America's Day, it's America's track, but yet not one American wins a, wins a moto. No, nah, no, nah, but it's okay, because we're going to party like it's 1776 again. With a German well, winning? Well, take, take it a step further. Isn't it crazy to think that we're sitting here actually saying that a Yamaha 450 is actually a contender? Oh, I think, think I feel that. like I'm in That's a year. That's a year. Yeah. Just the one year ago. I feel like If we had said that a year ago, people would think, hey, put the drink down and step away. It doesn't make sense. We may be drunk right now, too. You never this know. This is actually a simulation. <laughs> Everything is fake. Nothing is real. It's all ones and zeros, and we're all being controlled by robots. No, so, I just have a great day, yeah. everybody. I just the last thing I'll say is I just <laughs> I I do find that crazy that we're getting to the point though that you know not to go into whole American versus Euro debate. And even though these guys that we're talking about have been over here for quite a while, it's crazy to me that we're getting more to the point that when we predict these races in both classes, you almost can't. You almost can't pick an American, though, to win a moto because the Euro guys are so good. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just – now that we know that we're going to have a good crowd, I'm wondering how, even though they like Kenny, they like Jet, like if, you know, Dylan wins both motos. Zero problems there. I hope not. Zero problems. I hope not because I hope we don't have a Marvin situation like we did a couple no, years ago. No, not at all. Well, I feel like people are starting look, to like Dylan again. Look, it's not that we hate foreigners. We just hate French people over here, okay? Okay. And that's mostly because every, like, I don't know, what is it, 40 years, we got to go save their ass from somebody, and then they talk a bunch of shit about listen, us listen, for man, the next 40 I'll years. I'll go hang out with Dylan, his wife, and DV all day long. I do not care. I'm just saying. I'll also go hang out with French, Mattel. French people talk a out, bunch of shit about us until they need us to save their ass from okay, some Nazis. Well, here we go. This and is, then, boom, we well, go over there, and we USA stamp that ass, and then uh, then they talk shit after that. Podcast officially just went off the rails. We're way hey, off. Hey, what, 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 how crazy was it to hear Dylan getting cheers so loud? that you could barely even hear him talk where he was getting booed after taking out oh yeah i think that was awesome i was actually really surprised by that i was too and and it almost i i told michaela i wish that we had a drone there like i hate to say this but it almost seemed like there was somebody in front of the like the the podium like you know how you get somebody that's like wanting for tv and they give the signal make some noise make some noise noise." jerry springer it just it just seemed way over the top for all three podium contenders. I mean, not that we weren't happy to see Tomac and AC and, and Ferrandis up there, but it just seemed a little bit odd where it was just so over the top. I, I don't know. I mean, I, it was but the I kind think, of noise that I expected at Des Nations, not at yeah. High Point. Yeah, but I think that crowd there was 
big. I'm going to be real honest with you. They were all drunk. <laughs> yeah, that's probably it, too. They didn't know who the hell was up there. They were just like, I, yeah, Moto. I, I love it because I'm, yeah, I I, I'm a I big Dylan fan. I felt it was a fan. little bit staged. And I have no way to prove it because I wasn't there. But it just seemed a little bit over the top. It yeah. seemed, I mean, it like not to be redundant, it just seemed almost like destination. And I was like, nah. Look. Especially for Ferrandis, who freaking for five, six, seven races got booed off the podium. He's an evil yeah. villain. Look. If I had a wife that looked yeah. like his wife, oh my God, would I, you stop? I don't give a damn. Would you stop? I can't. Jesus I'm Christ. <laughs> I'm a lonely man. Oh my God. Oh, Jesus. Wow. Hey, you know what I love? is I love the honesty. He's just going to call a spade a spade. <laughs> just hot hot, She's hot and I'm lonely, so let's make something happen. That's it. Jesus That's it. And I give him high five knuckle punch. I don't have millions of dollars. I can't compete with that. All right. Coach, it, before we go any farther off the rails here, let's just just where can people find you <laughs> if they want to? Let's just wrap hope this you're up. You're breaking up real bad, brother. Oh, sorry, you're man. Up real bad. Sorry. Can you hear me now? Hello. Yep, go ahead, brother. Yeah. Just just before this goes any farther off the rails, let's just where can people find you? Let's wrap this up. Let's call it a day here. Before <laughs> shit gets weird. No, thank you so much for having me, guys. Um, if, if you guys are interested in any kind of resources, please visit CompleteRacingSolutions.com. And if you guys are into Instagram, I'm at literally the at symbol complete racing solutions. And then on YouTube, it's coach Rob with two B's coach Rob beams on YouTube. So take a look at that. If we can help in any way, if you, any of the listeners, if you guys are frustrated with something that you just kind of can't figure out, please email me, hit my assistant up, Jennifer contact at coach Rob with two B's again. Jen, it's a contact at coachrob.com. It'll go to Jennifer. She'll sort it by subject. And I promise I just did an email yesterday to a guy wanting to know about creatine and want to know about arm pump, want to know about off the bike training. Just because you may not be quote unquote a paying client doesn't mean we're not happy to help. And I, I hope people will reach out. I, I don't want to be the company that's like, hey, for just a small nominal fee, we can get you all your answers. You know, hit us up. We're happy to help. If we don't know the answers, we'll find it for you. Guys, it's always awesome to bench race with you and i'm glad we were able to surprise hopper and get him on the phone so cool stuff that was awesome yeah that was great thanks for doing that Thank thanks you. uh thanks to johnny for coming on coach thanks you for coming on justin Absolutely. We'll thanks for thanks for being here yeah coach we'll talk, we'll talk soon, to you but. guys soon thank you coach have a good, night. Have a good week man thank you all right that was it that's the show <laughs> that was it that's the whole show Three out, two well, two hours of recording. That two hours it. of recording, an hour before that, shooting the shit with Coach. Yep, well, here we are. God, we're so cool. We're great people. <laughs> why so don't pe- why don't more people? Why don't people pay us to do this? I don't know. Speaking of paying us to do this, I have fixed the merch link in the description. Everyone, oh, that's cool. It was broken. We have now fixed it, so you can click on there and buy T-shirts for right now. Working on more merch soon. This has been oh, another episode. Oh, 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 one Whoa. thing. One thing. Since we're not doing a show before Redbud, if any of the listeners or people or whatever, people that comment, whatever, uh, if you're at Redbud and you see us, you say wanna, hi. You want to come up and bullshit and bench race with us? We may or may not have Cooksey and Johnny Hopper with us. We will be doing interviews with a bunch of privateers on Friday. Saturday probably is not going to be easy because obviously it's the day of the national tactic. But if you are there on Friday and you see us, if you want to come and bullshit with us or tell us we're a bunch of dumbasses, we'll sit there and talk with you. We uh, we do not care. We are not one of those people, even though our Or follow- if you want to fight, you can stick your head up my ass and fight for air. How's that sound? <laughs>
I'm kidding. If you see us up right here, Santa, come up and say hi, man. We're friendly people. We, we will bench race we with you. We will talk to you. If you yeah, we're if like Weege. We will talk to anyone. Yeah, just not, and we won't make you pay us. Yeah, no, not at all. If you want to pay us, though, we're not opposed to that either. We have a Patreon. Yeah. We have Amazon We links. have OnlyFans. We do not have OnlyFans. We are not selling toe picks yet. Um, <laughs> How do you know? Uh, Amazon, Patreon. Uh, what was the other thing? Merch. Also, look for Bobby, like, Pia- Bobby Piazza. In Bobby the four- Piazza content coming soon. In the 450 class. Like, subscribe, comment. And just, it, does he have so He has social, right? Who? Bobby. Does he have a social? Yeah. Is it just Bobby Piazza 637? I don't know. I don't, honestly, I don't know. If uh, Yeah, go go give that guy a, a following or a like or something or follow him on social. He's a gnarly dude, just a privateer trying to make it, living, living in a van. van. Uh, <laughs> Down I, by hope the river. I hope he didn't re-injure himself though, because I don't think he finished that second moto. I don't know. I haven't heard from him. Um, but yeah, go give go give him a like. Also, go give Kevin Moran's a like because you know he's just a cool guy. He's gonna be here for Red Bud too. Yep, got him. So uh, yeah, guys, got lots of content coming down the shoot here. And I'm just saying all this because we aren't doing another show until the yeah. Red Bud. So thanks for tuning in. Episode 172. Thanks to our sponsors: BC Pizza, TLR Coatings, Premier Custom Trailers, JT Cycle. The Dirt Bike Depot. Thanks to everyone at all those places for helping us out. It's really great. I hope you're still listening. I hope you're still listening. Hi, Mom, because I know you're listening. Hi, Franklin. <laughs> mom watches the show now. Your so mom watches the show? While she listens to it at work, yeah. Oh, does your chick still watch the show? Sometimes. Not it's only as, when Cole's on. Not, not as on, much. Right? Not as much. Yeah, only when Cole's not on. She doesn't like all that. Monotone as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't like that monotone fuck. I don't like that monotone fuck, so whatever. Yeah, nobody likes Cole right now. Anyway, uh... So thanks for tuning in, everyone. Sorry the show went off the rails. But hey, Johnny Hopper, Coach Rob, we will be back post-Red Bud race. Yep. Yep. There will be other people on the show besides ourselves. Worst case, we're going to have Tom. Oh, us. yeah. I keep forgetting about that. Uh, maybe Cole will be around, but who knows? He's yeah, too cool for school. I, I doubt it. Who knows who else we'll run into while we're there? Maybe he'll hit up Jeff Walker. We'll see you all in two weeks.